All right, folks. We all know that one of the most common mishaps in hunting is damage to your rifle scope. Last year, I found the solution to that problem with the Stealthy Hunter rifle cover. It wraps around your scope and action securely to protect it from getting knocked off of zero or even severely damaged. Stealthy Hunter also has a glassing pad and a wide variety of supplements for the outdoorsman, such as protein powder, CBD products, turmeric, and gut health supplements. They also make a lightweight trauma kit weighing in at just 14 ounces that includes everything you need and nothing you don't for all of your backcountry medical emergencies. To shop all of their equipment and supplements, go to StealthyHunter.com and enter the discount code at checkout, The Northern Hunter, to save on your order today. All Stealthy Hunter equipment is proudly made in the USA. Listening to the Northern Hunter Podcast, home of all things hunting, fishing, and outdoors in Alaska. All right, everybody, welcome back to the show. My name is James Payne. I'm Ryan Humphreys. And today we are sitting down with Gary Simple Jr. Um, you are uh, the first chief of Venati, um, yep. and uh, you run a, a YouTube channel uh, all about here in Alaska called uh, the, uh, what is it? En- en- enigmatic Gwichin? Enigmatic Gwichin. All right, I, I got it right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it takes a couple of times sometimes to get that one done. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, and for anybody wondering what enigmatic means, uh, it, the meaning is about the same as how it sounds, trying to pronounce it. So. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, so uh, we're excited to talk to you. You do a lot of trapping, a lot of hunting, a lot of uh, rural life experience here in Alaska. So um, very excited to pick your brain about that. Um, real quick though, guys, if you're listening to this and you want to support what we're doing here at the Northern Hunter, um, obviously the easiest way to do that is to subscribe to the show, right. uh, share it with your friends, uh, give us a rating and a review that all goes just super far in getting this content out to people. It does. It helps a lot. Yeah. Um, with the algorithms and all that. Uh, if you'd like to help us grow, um, if you go to the website, the Northern uh, we've got a shop page there with some, some merch and whatnot that you can buy. We've got hats, hoodies, t-shirts, uh, and, and a partners page there as well, where a bunch of great companies have partnered up with the Northern Hunter to, uh, help support us and help bring you guys some discounts. Uh, they've given us codes and all that's listed there on the website, as well as in the show notes of this show here. Um, and it, there are a lot of great companies. Mm-hmm. Some of them are smaller, so buying gear from them helps them out a lot, helps us out a lot, and we appreciate all the support. Um, if you have any questions about any topics we've talked about in the past, anything we're going to talk about in today's episode, or anything you're just curious about in Alaska, we've got our social medias. If you search at the Northern Hunter on either Facebook or Instagram, you'll find us there. And there's a contact button right on the website. You can get an email out to us with just a little bit of information, and um, we'll try to answer your questions as, right. as fast as possible. I think we're, we're kind of due for a, a Q and a, we've got quite a few emails in, so we're, we're going to work on that. Um, <laughs> yeah. but thank you everybody for the support. Uh, we really appreciate everybody that, that helps us out here. So Gary, I am uh, very, very grateful. So thank you very much for some, cutting some time out of your, your day to come, come hang out with us here in the studio. Um, I know you're only in town for a short time and, and very busy man. So thank you very much. <laughs> oh yeah, no problem. Yeah, it's uh, don't come to Fairbanks very often. So when we do, we're here. We hit everything we possibly can. Ammo, any kind of traps, move, mm-hmm. move whatever kind of meat that needs to go to other people and stuff like that. So yep. 
But yeah, yeah, it's a, it's a, it's always a quick one. Even if it's a week, it's a, it's a quick week. Yeah, so oh, I, can, yeah. I can only imagine. A yeah. <laughs> lot, lot of stuff going on, a lot of moving pieces. Um, so to kick this one off, we'll just say, so I met you, what, like six months ago now, I think it was, uh, oh, I was man. up there actually probably longer than yeah, that now. It was almost 10 months ago. Yeah. Also, about 10 months ago. Like December yeah. of last year. Yeah. Yeah. I was up there, there, up there in Venetai uh, doing some work and, and, uh, you know, a uh, coworker of mine, good buddies from, from the old days. And so. Yep. Went to high uh, school with them. Yeah, yeah, and uh, you were kind enough to come pick us up on a on your snow machine from the airport, and which I just gotta say for for anybody that knows that's listened to the show for a little bit, I I travel a lot for work. I go to all kinds of places. That is probably my favorite part of the job. Honestly, <laughs> just seeing all that the, different countryside. Yeah, and all the that. the rides from the airstrip are probably my favorite part. I, um, you know, whether I'm riding a toboggan behind a sled or you know on a dog sled being pulled or something. It's always, <laughs> it's so much fun. Um, I was up in Arctic Village the other the other week, and I was riding. I basically had to balance on the. I don't know if I should say this. There might be a safety person from my company listening. But <laughs> <laughs> I was like balancing on the the tongue of a of a trailer behind a four wheeler. Was <laughs> took a video of it. I should probably post that and be like, "Yeah, there you go." How'd you hey, guys yo. get to work this morning? <laughs> no, I do know. <laughs> I do know a guy that got fired for posting a pic. Oh really? <laughs> on on Facebook. <laughs> well, maybe we'll cut this out. Of that part. Of that. I'm just oh. kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> but um, but also, yeah, you were you were kind enough to come pick us up, give us a ride, and um, and then take us out and kind of show us around your 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 place a little bit up there, and and we got to see hear a lot about your your trap line, and we got to talking about you know, this show here, me doing this and your YouTube channel and everything. And it was, I'm, I'm very glad to finally get you, get you in here. Oh, uh, yeah, it's, it's been yeah. a long time coming. So <laughs> yeah, as soon as you mentioned it, I jumped on there and got, uh, I think I had like a month or something of different episodes I hadn't watched yet. Mm -hmm, I not yeah. listened to it yet. I mean, mm -hmm, but yeah, yeah, that was, yeah, that was awesome. And so since then yeah. you guys, you guys are probably the most steady podcast that I'll listen to yeah. every week. So <laughs> nice. yeah, it's Thank awesome. You. Yeah. 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 We hearing appreciate the, that. Hearing the Alaska side of it. Oh, you don't hear that. Like, I mean, Mm. It's pretty cool to hear. Yeah. So. Right. Yeah. I mean, it's a little different sometimes from the village to like the city and then listening to you guys learn a little more about the guiding side of it mm. because yeah. uh, like we're just subsistence hunting right? mm -hmm. fishing and stuff like that. So it's kind of cool to see that side of it as well. Right. Yeah. yeah. No, there's a whole, whole lot of different ways to do things in Alaska, depending on where you're at and, and, and whatnot. So, um, let's talk about that. So, so you grew up out in Vienna time, assuming. Yeah. So, yeah. Okay. Yep. So yeah, my dad was born. Oh, like 250 yards from my house down by the river. <laughs> yeah. Nice. And my mom was uh, born on the East Coast. Uh, so, okay. Yeah. So I got a little bit of both sides of the world on me. So nice. Yeah, nice. Cool. <laughs> What's uh, so for everybody that, that grew up in a, in a, you know, city down down in the southern part so what, what's it like growing up in in a place like venatai oh it's a it's a whole different world yeah, <laughs> yeah. you're really sheltered from so in the 90s it was more like i don't know the 80s mm -hmm. i guess for the rest of, <laughs> right. is, we're a little you know, about tra decade, tracking behind a little about a yeah. decade behind there but but yeah it was a lot of fun growing up in the village it's just a, a lot of freedom mm. uh during the summer just walking the river fishing just all summer long handing out fish and Nice. Trapping ground squirrels and shooting grouse and ducks. Yeah. Every every season of the year's got something else for you to hunt, mm. something else to trap, something right, something else to do. So I don't know. I hear some people long for a certain part of the years or the year, like, oh, I want winter or oh, I want summer. And I'm like, 
Right. I'm just looking forward to the next thing. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. right. Yeah. 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 So in summer, it's like, oh man, I can't wait for moose hunting in the fall. And that comes, I can't wait for trapping in the winter. And yeah. winter, I can't wait for springtime. And oh, so yeah. Yo. Yeah. Well, and honestly, that's that's how we are here a lot too. I mean, that's- I feel the same way. Yeah. It's, it's, there's always, and, and I always feel like I'm behind. Is my oh, big thing. Oh, yeah, yeah. I always feel You're like, rushing to get the thing done. You're in right too. Yeah, yeah like like <laughs> you know, we're for the next. We're getting into trapping and, and predator hunting seasons and all that stuff. Ice fishing and like I'm already thinking about bear baiting season because I'm trying to get ahead. You know, oh, I'm trying nice. to like I'm like because yeah. it always it seems that I I get to the season and then it's just too late and, and then you're not ready and, yeah. and shipping mm, never comes quick yeah nothing gets shipped to alaska when it says it's supposed to yep. <laughs> so. no that's a big problem there for sure yeah <laughs> <laughs> no like the bear baiting thing you guys so that's how i'm probably gonna do that next spring because of you guys oh nice really? yeah. Yeah. most of the time we'll just shoot bears where we're at us we'll travel and we just shoot bears right yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah they're probably yeah you probably don't have, probably wouldn't have to bait them up there honestly is that a, a well, three, three bear area or five bear they kind of bait themselves i guess because oh, yeah. they're, they're either pulling fish out of the river or killing mm-hmm. stuff in certain areas. Right. So you can kind of know certain areas where they're going to, you know, there you the go. More higher likelihood that they're going to be right. or, or where animals are crossing rivers and stuff. The more time you spend on the river, mm. you know where animals are going to be crossing. And then just completely random too. Yeah. You might just have a black bear stumble into camp and like, oh, there he is. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> boom. Right. Like, oh, now we're cutting up bears one in the morning. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's, yeah. That, you were telling me uh, the last time I was up there, didn't, didn't you shoot one like right, right across the, the, that little slough from your house? Oh, no. It was right on the same side of the right river. On, uh, really? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, maybe mm, from my last dog, maybe 50 yards behind my, where my last dog is tied up. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. <laughs> That that's that skin got pulled down. And a different skin is now in that spot. Nice. Yeah. So <laughs> there, you go. <laughs> cool. there you go. But yeah, that was a that was a pretty cool one. Uh, yeah. Any bears that make it in the village, they gotta get put down. Yeah. I yeah, can they're, imagine. they're gonna come back if they've been there. They're gonna most likely come back. Right. right. Turn into problem bears. Yeah. Yeah. So it's it it happens quick. Uh, everybody around town is all everyone's proficient with guns, mm-hmm. and so it's a lot of ARs <laughs> shooting, <laughs> yeah. shooting shooting everything with two twenty three. <laughs> there you go. There you go. Uh, yeah. readily available yeah, yeah. and so <laughs> i got i got a buddy that yeah he carries a mini 14 and that she just shoots everything with it yep. it's like up right in the spine it's moose one shot to, there you go yeah. i'm like <laughs> like that's a bad cat right there <laughs> yeah, exactly so how how uh how big is venatai uh right now it's right around 200 i think last count is about 208 full-time residents okay gotcha and when i was a kid there was well over 400 Wow. Oh, so okay. it's dropped quite a bit. It's it's starting to slowly build up again. Right. But yeah, since was, the was 90s. Was there some industry change there? Or? Uh, an entire generation of elders passed away. Gotcha. And so, yeah, yeah there is like, I don't know, a couple dozen that like family heads mm-hmm. that have all passed away. So a lot of people left for work. Okay. A lot right. of people were told you need to leave the village. You need to go. You need to, you need to get out and do something else and stuff. Right. And that kind of, I don't know. It, it hurt a lot of villages doing that. Oh, I can imagine. Because now they don't have that carpenter that's working in Fairbanks or the, right. the you know, the pipe fitter that's living down in, you know, mm-hmm. Washington or something. So, yep. so we're kind of trying to try to pull people back in. There's more work happening. There's a, the projects that are happening there. It's just one after another. It's, it's, mm-hmm. it's amazing seeing the, seeing the village that, you know, my village grow. Yeah. It's really awesome. And seeing that the more work you put into it and the more the, you, the more you get accomplished, the more that it seems to just come our way. Mm. So it's yeah. a real blessing uh, to spend the money that we get correctly and watch it just 
flow back into the community. Right. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. a real, it's yeah, a real take blessing. Care of everybody. Yeah. I heard you guys are getting a new couple new, uh, or what is that? A new water plant up there? Yeah. Our water, soon? Our yeah. water plant got finished. They handed awesome. the keys over in January. We got awesome. a, a new power plant fired up about two weeks ago mm-hmm. and they ran three phase power all across town. That'll be finished next wow. spring. Oh, nice. Because yeah, they ran out transformers or something. Yeah. Shipping thing. I think. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So, so does that mean I'm going to stop getting alarms for power outages in the hut? <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, yeah, I should. Uh, so other other than a few tests they had to do, yeah, it was it the, those old uh, tier two, tier even I think there was even one tier one diesel generator that was sitting in, in there. Yeah, mm-hmm. these new 225 kilowatt generators should be more than enough to power everything awesome. without that's, any problem. Nice. That's great news. Yeah. Yeah, is, that, so, is that 208 volt or 480? Oh, uh, coming out of that new building i don't even know i've been too busy okay. <laughs> just right. not that it matters yeah. just curiosity yeah. no everything everything dropping out of that new building i guess we'll find out exactly everything next spring when everything is finished being hooked mm-hmm. up mm-hmm. yeah right now everything is split into three different uh three different sections in town so if anything happens in vinitai my house will make sure it'll be out no matter what happens yeah. like, a pole goes down something gets hit like hey, <laughs> yep my power goes out and i'm like yep <laughs> It's, it's always my little section, the town. So, <laughs> right. does uh, I would imagine a I, I, I would imagine a, a plant that size would probably be four eighty. It would it would make sense. Okay. Like I mean, I, don't, yeah. I haven't seen it. So, yeah. right, yeah, yeah. It's all everything is yeah new. So once they once they connect the new lines, it probably will be yeah. yeah sure. So right now, it might who knows what it is now? It's kind of, <laughs> right. it's kind of retrofitted into the lines we have. Right, so, right, yeah. Cool. Uh, just do you guys have a school? Yeah, there's so, a school there. Uh, does your population fluctuate? winter to summer based on the school year i know like uh like i've been a lot of spent some time on the north slope and their population i mean it changed 100 by 100 mm, people yeah even but, in a small village like we we might lose like a few people in the summertime just because mm-hmm. they're not in school but we gain well more than that in workers okay yeah. there's so oh, okay. many there's so many projects happening where there's no way we can have enough workers gotcha. in vinitai la- yeah. the labor force right. has shrunk so much in the last like couple decades mm-hmm. but i mean yeah it it, it so yeah, in the summertime, we'll get 20 plus workers. Okay. Yeah. Seasonal workers that come in to hit different. Okay. And now that there's the contract work that happens in the villages are a little different than it used to be. It used to be that the villages like ran all their, ran all the projects, but mm-hmm. now they contract out to different crews to come in. So okay. it, it is good though, because they know that it's going to get done. Right. Yeah. yeah. And so, and it, and just the manpower we have, like we have just enough, barely enough workers to do the jobs that we have. That right. we're in, in control of. Because mm-hmm. that's what, like, yeah, being a chief is kind of like a foreman. Uh, for the, for <laughs> right. the, yeah, for 200 people in the village. <laughs> yeah. It's just a foreman. So, yeah. <laughs> right. Well, yeah. It, that, that's good. We'll, we'll, we'll touch on that real quick. So, how does the, the, the village positions work? So, it, so, because you were second chief when I, when I met you. Yeah. Um, and then since then, you, you've moved up to first chief. Yeah. So they, um, we had an election back in September. Okay. Yeah. So according to that election, that's who kind of, I don't say governs Vinitai, but yeah, it's kind of like a yeah, mayoral say, seat, I guess. Is it like, it's yeah, similar. like a mayor, governor? Yeah. Kind of thing. So I kind of yeah. oversee everything. Okay. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. I'm, I'm the last, uh, the last name on the list when, you know, numbers get passed around and who right. to talk to. I'm like... <laughs> <laughs> After me, it's kind of that's where it ends, uh, gotcha. and and it also you're, means you're that the, you're I'm the, big the dog. <laughs> it also means that I'm the I'm the first responder for search and rescue, fire, okay, bears. I mean anything you can think of. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Call the chief. You're the go-to, <laughs> go-to guy. Call the chief yeah. and council, and they say council after chief. That's what they call me first. So. Gotcha. Okay. But it, it's good though. <laughs> yeah. It's a blessing being able to help my people. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It's a busy one. It's uh it doesn't it doesn't 
leave a lot of room for hunting, trapping, fishing, and YouTube. But yeah. But I still do it. <laughs> yeah. Still find the sometime time. Sometimes barely. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, it takes a little while sometimes editing, editing videos. But yep. Yeah. I think I started off making the videos a little too, I don't know, like put a little too much time into them. And now oh, like, yeah. I, I find myself having to spend so much time putting it together, but there's right. no way I can go back now. Right. Yeah. So, and people seem to like my stuff. So. Well, and I'm, I'm sure after continue with that, after doing it a while, you've probably refined your process, gotten a lot more uh, efficient with, yeah. with different different buttons to push. And you, I, you, I just got to be familiar. careful with the B roll. I get yeah. too yeah. much. Yeah. And then it's like, oh, I hate cutting it out. And then that's when I have my wife will come in and edit for me because she can hit that delete button all quicker. <laughs> <laughs> so right. after after the first pass, after the first pass of editing, and I've gone through and deleted stuff. The second pass is way easier. Just say, that's got to go. That's got to go. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah but, but yeah, so the village, uh, yeah, village politics, that's a, it can be kind of a messy one. Really? Yeah. yeah so <laughs> if anything goes wrong, it gets pointed towards me. Mm-hmm. And when stuff happens to go right, it usually doesn't get pointed towards <laughs> me. <laughs> but I got, I got a lot of support though. I got, I got a lot of people. There you, you know, go. Just about the entire village is somehow related to me. Mm-hmm. And that's a good and a bad thing, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> but my wife is from Fort Yukon. Okay. So yeah, yeah. she's not from Vinitai. Gotcha. But yeah, well, a, yeah, Fort Yukon's a little bit bigger. I think they have what, 450 people permanent. Uh, yeah, at Some, least that. I, I yeah. remember hearing numbers of in like the 600s and stuff. Okay. But yeah. I mean, that's a, that's a seasonal place too. Like it's mm-hmm. a, right. there's a lot of people moving in and out there summer. A lot. It seems like there's a yeah, huge influx in the summertime because people want to go home. Mm-hmm. Cause it's not, it's, it's hot. Uh, it's like a hundred <laughs> plus degrees. Right. Right, so. Yeah. Don't they right. have like one of the biggest influxes in temperature yeah. anywhere in Alaska? I think they held on to a record low for geez for decades. I yeah. Think. But yeah, they'll go from like almost 70 below to a hundred and I don't know, in the sun, 120, mm-hmm. uh, 110 in wow. the shade. Yeah. So yeah, even if any time now I got to have AC. No kidding. <laughs> yeah. Nice. yeah my, my house has two AC, little small AC units in there. <laughs> there you go. It's just, yeah. But for Yukon, that's a, the, yeah, the influx of temperature from one side to the other is just, in, just intense. Mm-hmm. So when people talk about the cold here, the cold there, I'm like, Whew. I've seen 72, 73 below. Wow. Yeah, when yeah. I was a kid in the 90s. And yeah, I remember walking to school and you see the smoke coming out of stovepipes and they just, they yeah, just, 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 just kind of come out of the stovepipe and then drop, hit the tin and then down yeah. to the ground. I'm like, <laughs> and my parents are like, you're going to school. Huh? And it's like trudging up there. <laughs> only, to, only to trudge back when there's closed. <laughs> Yeah, barefoot maybe, both ways, right? Oh, <laughs> when they say it's when they say it's uphill both ways, it's only because there's a hill in front of them, right? You know, exactly. Right, yeah, right. So it's, it's not a lie, right? <laughs> right. <laughs> but yeah, it's a. <laughs> well, so one thing I wanted to touch. So you, uh, you got to travel around a lot, a little bit in your in your youth. You were telling me about your parents were involved in some missions work, um, and and some. Uh, stuff where you got to, to go around for some revivals you were telling me and stuff. Yeah. So uh, going to that a little bit. Yeah. So my, uh, my father is a traveling evangelist. Okay. I think he's been doing it for 30, 30 years all yeah. over the state. I think he's gone to, uh, he went to the Philippines once and down to the lower 48 a few times. I, mm. I've got his, uh, his list, list of villages is like a hundred or something. Or wow. Something. I forgot mm. how many it's he had villages. or somewhere around there. I know it's quite a bit. Yeah. But, uh, but yeah, so we would, in the summertime, so he'd be traveling a lot during the wintertime. So that left us to, you know, trap rabbits and haul in wood and stuff from, from outside. Mm. And yeah, my dad would be traveling. But as soon as, as soon as duck hunting came, he'd be back and <laughs> we'd go out to duck camp hunt. And then from there, we'd hit like Chalkitsik and go have a revival there. 
Okay. And yeah, then he'd some every once in a while he'd take us on the road with him, so we'd go to Toke and Tana Cross, Wasilla, Anchorage, yeah, all all over the place, uh, doing revivals and. So yeah, he's been a he's been a busy guy. God's uh, God's put a lot in his heart to go do. So mm-hmm. he plays music and yeah, yeah. I've seen some of that on your on your channel there. Yeah, yeah. He, he's a talker. Huh? If I yeah. you think I'm a talker, yeah, yeah he can he, <laughs> he can go on. Huh? And he's been yeah. around for a minute. So yeah, <laughs> yeah. My dad's awesome. Yeah, people people will say like, oh, this person, that person is cool. They shoot this, they shoot that. And I'm like, yeah, my dad will just lay out that bear and just like go on and drink tea. Like like, oh yeah, that's happened a lot. <laughs> right. Yeah, right. <laughs> and I was a kid, like, you know. A bear would come by or get shot or something. He'd just grab his 30 30, his little short 30 30, and just walk right into the brush. And I'm like, yeah, he's cool. <laughs> <laughs> right. Some of the coolest shots I've ever seen, he, uh, he laid out with that little 30 30. Yeah, moose, yeah, bear, everything. So, yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's it's, a good round. It's important when, you're, when you have kids to make sure you look awesome in front of them. Oh, right. yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. You got you to gotta be the most. Uh, kick butt person out there yep <laughs> absolutely 100 yeah you'll uh, be the example for and I've, had, I've had the blessed to uh, do that in front of my daughter lay out animals and trap and mm. do a lot of cool stuff so she go out yeah. go out with you yeah not yeah. as often as uh i probably i would want but i'm not forcing her to go either right so. right yeah how old is she 12 now oh, okay yeah so she's wow. shot three i think three caribou by nice. now Very nice. she wow. shot one last year she shot a couple the year year prior before that she goes duck hunting every spring with me and yeah check some line we'll probably have a smaller line around town mm-hmm. that uh her and her friends can kind of okay. keep an eye on especially awesome. if we're trapping links now yeah some years we don't trap links and stuff and so the lines kind of are a lot different mm-hmm. yeah when it depends on what you're aiming for right, right. So right. if you're hitting links you just trap every trail yeah. <laughs> every yeah. trail, every spack slew, you just got traps on. Mm-hmm. Just because links are just, when they come through, they're just everywhere. Yeah, they move a lot, don't yeah. they? Yeah. Oh, they're, yeah, they're huge movers. I think, uh, I remember Fishing Game came up to Vientai once and had a radio radio collar map. Mm. And they had one come down from Canada. And it was just like, I don't know what this, Wait, what? Really? this cat was doing. But he, <laughs> really? yeah, he came down from Canada into the Yukon Flats. And I think he got, I think he might have gotten trapped down by beaver somewhere. Wow. But he'd gone down further than that too, like down below Rampart somewhere and came up. And that's when he got, wow. he no got taken kidding. down. Yeah. So I've never, I've never got a radio collared uh, links before, but wow. I, think our, I think our best year trapping links was high 50s. Whoa. Yeah. That, that's a lot. That's pretty good. And that was my, that was kind of my first year back trapping too. Uh, like mm-hmm. after like going, like working mm-hmm. and going to school and all that. Right. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's a the learning curve was just... <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. You know, I, I've heard of of grizzlies traveling long distances. Uh, somebody was telling me about a, a, a study they did where the, a collared grizz went all the way from the Alaska range all the way up to the Brooks and back in one oh, season. I wouldn't doubt it. Moose do the same thing. Some yeah. of them can just. I didn't. I didn't. I mean, they just would do that though. <laughs> yeah, I mean, any of those animals, they can just traverse anything. Huh? Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, yeah. I've heard of um, mountain lion crossing like half the country down there, or, or most of the oh, United yeah. States. Yeah. There yeah. was there was actually one spotted I think like a decade ago maybe forty miles below Vinitai on the river yeah mm-hmm. yeah someone said that they'd seen a cougar so I don't know why they'd lie so wow. they most likely saw one huh? <laughs> a mountain lion cougar whatever you yeah, right, right. Yeah, but yeah. I mean like that's one thing I dream of trapping like I see videos of people <laughs> trapping a big cat and it's right. like oh I would love to come around the corner just like a cat sitting there like that <laughs> just one, it, one yeah, paw. <laughs> his, his paw to number five <laughs> <laughs> oh that'd be great. And the way that, yeah. the way that the animals and the kind of the, 
kind of the, I don't know, the way the climate is kind of, you know, that everything's in cycles, mm, the yeah. way everything is. So who knows? Maybe we'll have cougars up, you know, up this far. Yeah. I've heard more and more stories as the years go by of them them coming in from Canada and, and coming up. I know just south of here in Delta or south of Delta a little bit, but there were some sightings of ones down by, uh, was that Donnelly Dome down there? Some people were saying they saw, they saw some, some mountain lions on there. Oh, nice. Um, so, I mean, that's, it's. Who knows? Yeah, maybe, in a, maybe in a couple of years. <laughs> there's, there's more Wolverine up in the flats now than there used to be. Really? So yeah. It's still, it's still a cat country. Like Fort Yukon is kind of like, I don't know, from everything I've ever heard, like that's like, you know, mm-hmm. that's like the middle of like the most cats, people getting, you know, hundreds of cats. Right. In trapping wow. season and stuff like that. So, wow. Yeah. There's just a lot of books. I've, I've just only just started to collect books on trapping and just anything to do with Alaska. Mm-hmm. I met another uh, podcaster, Jeremiah Wood. Okay. He's just trapping today or something like that. Okay. And he turned me on to a whole bunch of books I never even knew existed. Yeah. So it's, it's, it's pretty cool reading some of these like old mm-hmm. journals and stuff of people that had traveled up to the Fort Yukon area and talked about my people like up, uh, up on the Chandelar mm. and stuff like that. Like it was, yeah, it was a trapping, gold mining, stuff like that. It was oh, okay. a lot of, there yeah. was a lot that came through and just a, just a crazy amount of uh, books that came out of that area mm. from the Porcupine, Shinjik, Chandelar. Yeah. Uh, yeah, just that whole area there. Mm-hmm. So yeah, Man. there's been there's some been some good good and bad history, mostly good. Yeah. Yeah. Well it's gotta be awesome to read books about the the area you're trapping in. Yeah. I, mean, it's like, <laughs> I can see my great grandpa's name in there or something. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. Well, let's take a real quick break, Mo, and then we'll dive back in. All right, folks. We all know that one of the most common mishaps in hunting is damage to your rifle scope. Last year, I found the solution to that problem with the Stealthy Hunter rifle cover. It wraps around your scope and actions securely to protect it from getting knocked off of zero or even severely damaged. Stealthy Hunter also has a glassing pad and a wide variety of supplements for the outdoorsman, such as protein powder, CBD products, turmeric, and gut health supplements. They also make a lightweight trauma kit weighing in at just 14 ounces that includes everything you need and nothing you don't for all of your backcountry medical emergencies. To shop all of their equipment and supplements, go to StealthyHunter.com and enter the discount code at checkout, The Northern Hunter, to save on your order today. All Stealthy Hunter equipment is proudly made in the USA. All right, so give people an idea of how remote Venati is. Like when you're talking about it's a small town, um, you mentioned it's up off the Chandelar River. Yep. Um, how, what's like the, the closest other civilization, like the other closest villages? So or, I, I remember <laughs> uh, when I was probably like 10 years old, my grandpa, uh, he's a mechanical engineer that built, uh, built, built uh, turbines for Boeing hmm. uh, back wow. in the 90s and helped build... Uh, when they first built the F-16s back in like the 70s. Gotcha. I think he was part of that and like a really smart guy. And, yeah. Uh, I remember like I must have been 10, so I must like 98. And he came in with the, uh, with the GPS and he's like, oh, it's uh, 155 miles from Fred Myers <laughs> 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 to, my, to my parents' house. <laughs> nice. And I was like, we're like kids like, whoa, we didn't know that was like a thing. Right. <laughs> GPS, what's that? <laughs> But I, yeah, so awesome. I still use that to this day. Yeah, so yeah it's like 155 miles from, <laughs> from Fred Myers and my parents' house. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, Fort Yukon is, 
about 60, I think it's about 60 trail miles and maybe 40 air miles. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Below kind of south, southeast of Initai. Mm-hmm. And yeah, they've got, I don't know, 500 around there, 600 people right. live there. Okay. And then above Vinitai is Arctic Village, and that's about 70 air miles mm-hmm. and well over 100 trail miles from Vinitai to Arctic. Right. Okay. So those are, the, those are the two closest. And there's also Beaver, which is really tiny. Mm-hmm. So that's down on the Yukon. <laughs> and then Chalkitsik. So yeah, we're kind of in the middle of like that, which in like territory inside of Alaska. Okay. So yeah. it's, it's pretty cool. But it is, like you said, remote. So planes, planes in the wintertime, summertime, you can get. You can drive to Circle City, jump in a boat, and drive, geez, and maybe 140, mi- 140 miles. Wow. Yeah, yeah. from Circle, something, <laughs> something like that. It depends yeah. on if you know which way to go. <laughs> go, go. Yeah. <laughs> if you don't take, there's like a thousand islands between Circle and Fort Yukon. Right. So if you don't take <laughs> yeah. the right route, you could take twice as long. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah, so it's a, it's a little ways. So people, okay. so people still do move some freight on the river. Uh Mostly for fishing and hunting. Mm, yeah. So a lot of the, a lot of the stuff we do on the river is yeah recreational. Yeah. Like we just want to get out of the village. Mm-hmm. I was to say, is, and then, is, is there still a lot of barging that goes on at all? Or uh, to Fort Yukon. To Fort Yukon. Yeah. yeah. I've got a buddy that has a boat big, just barely big enough to put like a, you know, like a four door, four door tundra. You know, like a, right. Yeah. yeah so it's just barely. It look. It looks. It looks a little crazy. Yeah. The, yeah. The truck is like sticking out of the boat yeah. <laughs> as it's going by. But I mean, uh, the Chandler River is just braided too yeah, yeah too there's shallow. all these spider channels okay. and stuff so yeah. during high water it's more than high enough but there's just not a whole lot of people i would risk it i think they had a couple barges come up i don't know about a decade ago and i think he chewed up his props and lower units pretty bad yeah, so yeah it's, a, it's a shallow <laughs> one uh. yeah that's why we run jets nowadays uh. right yeah when i was a kid everyone ran props but i mm. did the, i did that for the first geez over a decade of driving i've been driving on the river for 20 23 years yeah somewhere around there yeah so yeah so when people say oh you're driving a oh, driving a jet and i'm like yeah i'm, I'm done driving a prop right <laughs> <laughs> on this river i ain't getting yeah. out of the boat <laughs> right. yeah you know the, the one thing that always kind of blows my mind when, when i get to the like especially the more remote villages is um you know because all, all the airstrips are are pretty uniformed if you go to all the all the different villages so like arctic village looks a lot like like being a ties airstrip and looks a lot yeah. looks a lot like uh you know fort yukon's airstrip looks a lot like you know there, there's some differences, but they're pretty uniform for the most part. And you get out in this airstrip, whether you're going in on a, a 206 or, uh, you know, the Wright's, Wright's flight or, you know, whatever it might be, and you get off and you know you're 150 miles from anything and there's this giant loader there <laughs> that's, yeah. that, that state has out there for, for keeping the runway clear and everything. And it makes me scratch my head. I'm like, how? Yeah. That, they, like, if it's a gravel, if it's a gravel airport, it's going to be a Herc, a, a, Herc, yeah. a, a massive right. military airplane that's made to land on gravel, brought that yeah. out there yeah. at, the, at the cost of about $75,000. Yeah. yeah one, one trip. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and so it's a, yeah, it's a bit spendy. Yeah. yeah. Good night. Yeah. It's pretty cool though. There's as I guess, yeah, there's more people bringing, vehicles out yeah it's getting a little easier for that side of it but right. the hercs are only going up in price even mm. since covid oh, i'm like sure a, like a dc6 has gone up ten thousand oh, or something more yeah. than that it's it's, wow. it's it's outrageous but that's what it costs it's, yeah it is if what it is pay, if you don't pay that you don't get what you need up there <laughs> right all <laughs> right where do they where do they run the barge out of uh circle circle, circle. Okay. okay so the barge comes from circle to fort yukon uh so a lot of stuff can get moved to Fort Yukon because they can even bring bigger barges from 
Fairbanks Ninana down the Tanana up the Yukon. So they get fuel mm. barged into Fort Yukon like that. Okay. Uh, yeah. We're we're actually cutting a trail from Vinitai to down by what they used to call Vinitai Landing, mm-hmm. kind of down towards the Yukon, so that those DC sixes that have I don't know, 10, 15 years left before right. they don't fly anymore. Yep. We're going to have that ice road in before those planes stop flying. Okay. Because once, once those planes are mothballed, those engines were made in World War II. They're not flying right. forever. Yeah. So if a village isn't connected by a road system, river system, mm. like how can you get fuel? Like it's mm-hmm. at the cost of, yeah, like I said, 75 grand. That's not including the fuel. Right. Yeah, most villages are just going to be done. So we're making sure that no matter what happens, Vinitai continues to exist into the future. Right. So, yeah. yeah no I think a lot of people are too busy with a lot of other stuff to really think about that. So that's what we're trying to make sure that like my kids' kids like have Vinitai still there. Right. No matter what. Yeah, so, absolutely. So that's yeah, a big, sense, yeah. that's a big part of it there is trying yeah. to keep that and keep that tradition alive. Same way I do like trap, hunt, fish, all that kind of stuff, run dogs. Mm-hmm. It's all fun, but it's also got a cultural as- aspect where my people have been doing that forever, so I want to keep it alive. Absolutely. Right. Even, yeah. even, even as a kid, every, every adult male in Vinitai was a trapper. Yeah. And every single one of them over 60 has run long lines in their lifetime. Mm. It might have been 30 years, 40 years, mm-hmm. but it just comes back in a heartbeat. They talk about when I trap, uh, and all of a sudden they're, <laughs> yeah. they're like just flowing into these stories of going out here, going out there, these trails that are just brushed now. Uh-huh. Like I'll, I'll go out there, check it out and drive my snow machine. I'm like, yeah, that's, there's no getting in there. <laughs> it's, it's gone. <laughs> or right. fires that burn them over. Like the fires that yeah. did a lot of damage. We've had a lot of fires over the years oh, that yeah. just wiped out everything. I can so, imagine. But I mean, it's better off it burns now so it doesn't burn when I'm old. So <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Yeah. I, can, I can trap there later in life. So it'll, it'll be all renewed when you're old. Yeah, yeah. I gotta think about it like that too. Uh, so. <laughs> right. so, so you guys are up in the the northern kind of northeastern region of the state, a little bit kind of north yeah. central, northeastern. Yeah. So they, um, I guess they it's still how, called how, the interior. I guess the northern. how close are you guys to uh, Anwar? So our our tribe's land goes right up into Anwar. Okay. So if you were to look at a map of Anwar, there'd be like a sliver that pokes up right in the middle. Mm-hmm. That's our, that's our, okay. land, our tribal land. Gotcha. So yeah, it's, it's right up in there. Yeah. So, so our tribe has been able to hang on to our, hang on to our land rights, which is an amazing feat mm-hmm. over the years where yeah. most tribes have given up control to corporations. Mm. Right. So that was one thing growing up. Uh, you never sign anything. Uh, you never sign the land away. This yeah. Is, number one thing is you never give it away. You never sell it. You never sign anything. Uh, so, right. Yeah. So yeah. now I'm I'm standing there in the lead saying like, <laughs> yeah. don't sign don't anything. Sign. <laughs> <laughs> like having to tell kids that now. Right. Well, as, yeah. Yeah, as a kid, like I thought that everyone was just paranoid. Mm. Like, oh yeah, they're not trying to take our land. But, right. Right. Well, I mean, then- it might not just be take it, but it's just, you know, kind of renting it. <laughs> right. Well, yeah, it's, it's these yeah. leases and other things. Yeah. And it just creates a whole spiral of other stuff. And I mean, land is the, the most important resource there is. I mean, there's, there's, yep. nobody's making more of it. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Well, so, yeah, legally, I mean, you couldn't sell it, right? Uh, Except to ooh. each other? No, you can. It's, it's, it's hairy. It's I know you rare. can lease it. Out of, out of almost 200 tribes, there's only where I think the one of the last besides Tetlin. Mm-hmm. That has regained, like not regained, but held on to control of our right. subsurface and surface rights and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Most of them are held on to, they're in trust. When you okay. sign your land into trust, that's no longer your land anymore. Yeah. Same, gotcha. same, okay. same okay. way that reservation land right. isn't technically their land. It's in mm. trust by the government. That's why the government gives them money for it. Right. So, right. right. so we're trying to, 
And then is that when you, you get away from. like the mineral rights and stuff like that kind of yeah. goes to these other. Yeah. You got to be careful because yeah, they can come. Yeah. There's plenty of corporations that probably love to get a hold of our land just so they could go drill on it. <laughs> I can All imagine. Right. Yeah. yeah. So that's the whole thing is just trying to, just trying to hang on to our culture and our lifestyle. Mm-hmm. So that's the, that's a big thing there. So when people say things, when they see what I put on YouTube and they say, why are you doing that? And that's like. You, you got time to sit down and talk about this? I could go on for a while. <laughs> <laughs> right, right, right. Well, and I, and I do love that about your channel, you know, because there is a lot of the trapping. There's a lot mm-hmm. of hunting. There's a lot of other, like, just kind of the outdoorsy stuff and, and all, all part of you guys' life up there. Um, but you had a lot of videos of other things, you know, the, 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 the meetings at the, at the hall and the, the dancing yeah. and the singing and the, the, you know, the kind of community and, and culture and all that. I, I think that's really awesome to showcase all of that. Yeah. On, on that's kind of uh, what my, why my channel is there now mm. is to kind of show that side of it. Uh. Right. Because over the years, like whenever we look for anything that has Vini tie on it and stuff, there's always, it's always the bad news. Oh yeah. yeah and it's, it's yeah. stuff like that. So like my wife, like really my wife and my brother, but really my wife pushed me to really get that part out there. Like the happy side, the, right. the, the lifestyle we're actually carrying. Cause a lot of, yeah. a lot of the time people say like, Oh, like which and aren't using their land anymore and stuff. And it's like, that's not true. Huh? Yeah. There's not as much of us here as there once was, but mm-hmm. we're still using it. Mm. And so yeah, getting, getting, getting not just trapping, not just hunting, not just village life, but trying to get a mix of everything. Yep. And so I've got, I've got so much video. Yeah. <laughs> like it's, yeah, I've gotten all kinds of video from the summertime. I haven't even gotten through yet. Yeah. So, uh, which is probably good though. Cause was, you know, sooner or later, if I can't do anything for a minute, I'll still have footage. I can go back and, right. and yeah. slap together. Well, so. so, sounds like you, sounds like you're, you're a very busy guy. So yeah. <laughs> yeah. Nonstop morning to night. If there's not one thing, yeah, there's something else going on. Right. And yeah, search the search, even just like the search and rescue side of being on being the chief and stuff, making sure that people go out in the woods that they come back. Mm-hmm. You're right. So that that's right. a couple times a year probably we have to go chase somebody down, find somebody out on the river and stuff like that. Just yep. a lot of the time it's just bringing them gas. Yeah, <laughs> and, I was, I was and that's what we pray for. Right, like, and they don't show up. It's like we just pray that gas is all they need. Right, Absolutely. and most of the time it is. You know, so yeah, yeah, we're very blessed to be. Uh, I had a friend one time, I brought him out uh, shooting ARs and stuff and talking about living out there. And he looks across the lake at the mountain and goes, bro, you're in the promised land. Yeah. <laughs> Sometime when you're, when you're in the middle of it, you don't understand and don't realize how good you've got it. Yeah. You know, like it's kind of, it kind of, it's, it's so big in front of you mm. that you just don't see it. Yeah. So like I'm, after that, I remember thinking like, oh man, he's, he's yeah. right. <laughs> yeah, and you got to respect it at that too. Huh? Right. Yeah. Don't take it for granted. And then. Like I want to share our lifestyle of my people's way. And if I could just speak my language, that would be a big part of it. Uh, so that's what yeah. I really need to, yeah, I really need to work on that too. Yeah. So, yeah. I could carry that forward as well. Yeah. Well, and you know, I got to say, Venatai is an absolutely gorgeous place. Uh, I've, I've been to quite a few villages now, mostly in the interior and Northern regions of the state. And, uh, Venatai is definitely on my top list. That's, it's, yeah, it, it's, it's, nice. it's, it's a real nice place. I mean, even just, just the way you guys take care of, take care of your home. You know, a lot of the, the buildings look taken care of, you know, mm. you got a lot of those log structures. They look real, you know, just, yeah, just real they, authentic Alaskan. They like. pumped out, they pumped out dozens of log cabins back in the late, uh, in the seventies. Mm. Yeah. They, there's, yeah. yeah. You drive through, you drive through town and there's these huge, like, you know, like 40 or something by 25 log cabins. Yeah. Like, yeah. They, <laughs> they got a lot of the good logs around town. Let's, let's put it that way. <laughs> I was going to say, yeah. yeah. <laughs> 
With, within <laughs> a few years, they, they knocked down most of the big trees around town <laughs> to build those cabins. So they're growing back now for sure. Right. But I mean, that, that took some work. Uh, oh, yeah. Real elbow grease to put all that together. Yep. So it's, uh, yeah. yeah and it's and the interior is not known for big trees. Yeah. <laughs> so like, they're get, they're tall getting, and skinny. Yeah. They're getting bigger <laughs> now, I guess, mm-hmm. as the tree line moves further north and stuff like that. There's, yep. it, but uh, like down by Fort Yukon now, like I was reading in a book a while back about how they barely had enough to build cabins in Fort Yukon. Yeah. Like, uh, in the early night or late 1800s. Mm. And so now like looking down, like you go down Fort Yukon, you'll find trees that are like 30 inches across and stuff. Like oh, these wow. Massive trees That's, yeah. along, wow. along the Yukon. Wow. And like the, even just in the last decade, the willows have turned into bamboo alongside the river down by the mouth. Yeah. And it's like, I remember looking over those willows at the lake back then. Now it's like, <laughs> 20 foot tall bamboo looking yeah. willows. Yeah. So I mean, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Witness, witnessing the, the world changing, but it's good, you know, we just change with it. There's nothing, right. nothing we can do about it. And it's, I mean, yeah, yeah. we, but, we love the world we live in. So yep. we continue to use it and respect it. So absolutely. Yeah, it's, so, so with that, um, so you'd mentioned, you know, a lot of your life up there is subsistence hunting, subsistence fishing, uh, take kind of, utilizing the land and making sure you you continue on that um what's that look like give like a breakdown of the year like for for a subsistence user of, of the land like what's that look like for you guys what season there? do you want to start in uh <laughs> break up break up yeah all right so when i was a kid come uh, let's say break up is before the ice goes right mm-hmm. so there would be a lot of people out uh ratting so okay people mm-hmm. out getting muskrats not so much anymore like I, I look at the muskrat houses and go, huh, I wish I had more time to, to do that. <laughs> right, yeah. So yeah, as, uh, as everything starts to melt, geese come through a lot. Yeah. So that's uh, okay. the amount of geese that get shot around the Venetai area and between Fort Yukon and Venetai. It feeds a lot more than just Venetai. Mm. Geese get sent to Arctic, to other villages, to Fairbanks, just the amount of, amount of birds that pass through mm-hmm. there in the springtime. So okay, so you guys harvest them and then send them. Yeah, out? they get they get passed okay. around to awesome. our, our family that lives all over the place. So. Right on. So yeah, yeah that's a, that's kind of the first big. Uh, so I think I I must have like about four or five geese. I think somewhere in one of my freezers. Yeah. So yeah, you just leave the you leave the feathers on. Don't do anything to it. Just feathers in the freezer. Mm. And mm-hmm. That's the best way to keep them from getting frost. You know, like freezer burn. Right, right. It's yeah, kind of built so, in. So it's even built better. in freezer paper. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's even better than uh, vacuum sealing, which is what we do. Quite a bit now. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but yeah, so then straight from, straight from geese hunting, everything is melting and then the ducks come. Yeah. So the lakes are opening up, the rivers are opening up. River opens up before the lakes, so geese hunting. And as a kid, we would go to duck camp every spring and we would shoot uh, black ducks. Call them surf scotters, I think. Yep. Oh, yeah. yeah. Something like surf that. Scoters. No, no, white, white wing scotter. Yeah, that's, yeah. The, that's the big one. Yeah, so okay. So we call them black duck or jaw. And so we'd hit that. And when I was a kid in, the te- in my teenage years, the amount of black ducks that I would harvest for my family would get passed out to most of Vinitai. Mm. So yeah, it's a, so you did if, we, if we try to put that on TV now, people wouldn't understand <laughs> because they'd see that all these birds that were shooting, but they don't understand that it's feeding hundreds of people. Right. right? And so it's a... Which is would, the, the point of subsistence, oh, right? Oh, yep, That's exactly. The, yeah, yeah. So a lot, a lot of people can't hunt. People with single mothers, elderly people, mm-hmm. people with disabilities, people that live in Fairbanks because they're infirmed and stuff like all that gets spread out. Yeah. So we'd, we'd go up to duck camp with my, with my parents and my family and usually a few of my buddies and live up there for 
a uh, week and a half, probably okay. end of, end of, uh, end of May into June. And that's what we would do is just hunt, just paddle and hunt, sit in the blind, you know, 24 seven for those few weeks, which is, which is always awesome. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds awesome. Yeah. A lot of, and a lot of action, a lot of shooting. Yep. So you want to get into something, a lot of shooting. Yeah. Duck hunting is the way to go. There you go. Yeah. And then from there, there was, there's kind of a lull between there. And so that's like the, right after about the end of the first, yeah, the first week of June ends, duck hunting stops. Okay. They have to be left alone. You have yeah. to leave if you don't, then it just it causes more? a wreck in this whole cycle of everything. Yeah. Is that like so a federal it, guideline or, no, or just more of an ethics uh, thing? It's just our, this the village. They just kind of stop. Uh, gotcha. As soon yep. as, as soon as the females start having eggs, they just, we just stop hunting them. Gotcha. And yeah. it happens, it happens for different bird categories too. Uh, like, like, mm. uh, mallards, widgeon, canvasback. Okay. Mm-hmm. We stop hunting them first. Mm. And then it gets, it just kind of moves down the line, scalp or a cho and stuff. And. Down to black ducks uh, or jaw. Yeah. Yeah. That's sort of the white winged scotter. So that's like the last one because they're the last to show up, the last ones to actually lay. Gotcha. So yeah, that kind of moves through. And then there's kind of a lull where a lot of people are working in June, getting ready for fish camps. Yeah. So that's what we, we kind of started that up a few, geez, in like 2016 or something like that. We started to actually have a camp on the river. Okay. Because when I was a kid, I remember we drive to Fort Yukon and just our circle or just go on the river with my dad. I don't remember exactly what was going on most of the time. It was just, <laughs> you get in a boat yeah, <laughs> and then you go somewhere. It was for church or for uh, funerals, weddings. Dad says get in the boat, so you yeah. get in the boat. <laughs> oh yeah. Jump, sitting in the front of my 22, uh, picking off stuff as we're there driving. There you go. Yeah. yeah, it was, uh, yeah, it was, a. Uh, Sounds like a great awesome. childhood. <laughs> yeah. Shot. I think all my money went to 22 shells and yeah. fishing hooks. <laughs> yep, yep. <laughs> yeah, I remember, yeah. A box of 122 <laughs> shells was five bucks. Huh? So yeah, the good hustle old days. up and yeah, hauling wood and water and everything to get that. Yeah. And if you couldn't get that, the 50 box, the 50 box, uh, 50 round box was three bucks. Huh? Mm-hmm. So it's like, oh, we just got two more bucks. So let's go scrape the country. Yeah. It's about <laughs> yeah. double that now. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, I buy it. Yeah. Way bigger quantities than that now. Yeah. But I imagine. Yeah. But we spent a lot of time doing that. And so, yeah, that was in the middle of June. And then king salmon fishing would start. And then, so anywhere you go on the Yukon, they'd have these huge smoke caches, like three story high smoke caches. Right. It's really? Massive things. And I remember it was so much fun if you just say, oh, yeah, let's go. And so my dad would pull over and yeah, they would just walk in there, climb up a ladder and just grab like a big armload of fish strips. Yeah. It's like just <laughs> eating way too much. Uh, oh yeah. <laughs> like just point, the point there is like getting too sick or like, too much grease in it. Uh, <laughs> right. Too much fat. Yeah. But yeah, that was, uh, yeah, that lifestyle, that part has been almost demolished. Yeah. Yeah. That's the, been a big thing last several, several years. Yeah. It's uh, a lot of people have a lot of different. I don't know, differing views. We can have a whole nother podcast just talking about <laughs> the fishing side of it and mm-hmm. what my views are about it and what I've learned over the last, I don't know, uh, 15, or 14 years about yeah. talking with commercial fishermen going even that far back. Mm. And some of them from down the south, southeast side have known why these numbers have done this since right. know, decades ago. They knew mm-hmm. it was coming yep. just because it had happened to them in the past in the rivers around them. Gotcha. So, I mean, it's, yeah. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> They're like, what happened? I was like, well. Yeah. 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 I know, I know we're, we're looking at bringing on somebody that, that's got a lot of, a lot of information on that too for, for a future episode. So we'll, we'll, oh, nice. we'll have to bring you back and get, get some oh, hands yeah, on, hands yeah. on boots on ground experience there. Too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, so King Salmon Fishing would run from 
some nets would be in the water from the end of June until almost end of July, mm-hmm. right there. Uh, okay. Most of our most of the fish that run through the Yukon Flats come through between uh, the first week of July and the third week. So that like twenty days right there, most yeah. come through, and then you have dog salmon filter through. So there'd be there'd be fish camps and building. Uh, so people are building cabins and or you know there was some when I when I was a kid there were more people doing it, but uh, people growing potatoes. Okay. Potatoes was a big thing in Vinitai. It's, yeah. It's kind of right on the edge of where you can grow any further north. It's just yeah. the soil isn't good enough and stuff. But yeah, the tonnage that came out of Vinitai, like, okay. you know, in the 60s and stuff was like the farm, the farm like areas where the potato fields were bigger than the village. Uh, really? Yeah. yeah. Like it was, it was intense. It was, uh, <laughs> these, some of these old pictures were, yeah, just a <laughs> massive amount of potato fields. And actually... That's all washed away, I think, because oh, yeah. they had cut down everything and then just grown oh, potatoes. Right, right. So when the river had started to chew it away, the erosion, it, just, yeah. it just washed right through it, right? They end up having to move Vinitai from down on the river. And if you see in the videos, you'll see there's a cut bank, like a 20-something foot high cut bank. Mm. So now the, the village is on top of there. It'll never flood. Right, The Yukon yeah. Flats would have to be completely covered in water for, mm. for it to make it up <laughs> right. that high. Right. So, well, and I'm glad you guys were able to do that because uh, I'll tell you, I went to Circle a couple of days oh, after the man, flood they that, had this spring. Oh, my goodness, man. That, oh, I heard some bad stuff. In they that got dem- demolished. And if you've been like, to Circle, the, the river level of normal Yukon River, it is a hill yeah. up to that thing. So imagine that amount of water getting pushed up in there. Is, yeah. Is a I mean, yeah, when, natural when I, disaster. <laughs> when, I, when I was there, there were ice chunks sitting in the middle of town that were taller than me. Jeez. I mean, it was insane. So, I mean, I'm, I'm glad yeah. you guys are, are yeah, protected from that. <laughs> yeah, we're, they, they pulled out and knew enough. There's only one building left in the old village site, and it's the church. Okay. So, it's the only one that wasn't cut up for firewood. <laughs> <laughs> so, that's, that's what kind of happened to most log cabins out there in the yeah. woods. Is that I remember thinking, like, why is there only one cabin left? I tell stories of five, six cabins. They just cut it for firewood. Yeah. So, that's why most cabins are gone. Not the church, though. Yeah, not the church. Yeah. Yeah. So, so, going back to... Uh, <laughs> So king salmon fishing would happen. Dog salmon fishing would follow. So what does that look like in, in like this year? Like, like what's that look like these days as far from the way it was back then? Like, so now, yeah, no king salmon fishing. No king salmon fishing. Yeah. Oh, you're good. All right. So yeah, now there's no king salmon fishing. Most of the time allowed, there might be like a funny little kind of, it's been like three years, I think, since the last time there's been an actual opening. Wow. Yeah. So you're allowed to fish with, you know, certain size mesh, like four inch mm-hmm. mesh and stuff. And technically mm-hmm. if the fish is alive, you're supposed to put it back in the water and stuff. But right. it's uh, really, it's damaged a lot of uh, the culture on the Yukon. On the Chandelar, we, you know, we do a lot of more hunting. Like hunting and fishing is a little different. On the Yukon, it's so much fish related. Right. Yeah. And at least in the Chandelar, we still, there's, we can go to where there's whitefish and stuff. We have oh, access yeah. to that whitefish, sheafish, pike, yeah. grayling. But some some places on the Yukon where it's just mud, like right. the only thing you're against king salmon. Like you mm-hmm. might catch some, you know, lush or something here and there. Right. Yeah. A lonely whitefish or something. But yeah, it's uh it's been devastating to a lot of native villages and the amount of so if I were to go, there's no fish for or the, they sell fish strips at the store in Vinitai for I don't know, 20 bucks for like a little, little tiny pack with like five little really? strips in there. Yeah, no kidding. And like, actually I'll even, you know, in the wintertime, we'll even actually buy it. Huh? Yeah. So like if you haven't had any king salmon for a long time, it tastes good, but mm, yeah, it's nothing right. compared to the real thing. Right. So the, the king salmon, 
Yeah, it's really vital to a lot of villages, and it's really sad that it's gone the way it has. Right. It's it's been a really yeah really sad thing to see. So yeah, go so, the way it has. So as far as king salmon fishing, yeah, it's not. Right. And any any bit that happens wouldn't wouldn't be able to be talked about if it was. So, right. <laughs> so that's kind of a hard one as well. Yeah. But uh, yeah, having access to whitefish and other stuff, even in Fort Yukon, there's uh, there's rivers close enough that people can harvest that. Okay. Yeah. So mm-hmm. that kind of. I don't know. I don't want to say replaces it, but at least yeah. helps some with right. selfish. Supplements a bit. Yeah. So being right. grayling is a big one. Okay. So yeah, everyone loves grayling there. And yeah. I don't know. Grayling, king salmon. Yeah, they both, <laughs> they're pretty close to me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. so how do you prepare the grayling? Uh, fried. fried. Fried, mostly fried. Yeah. yeah. You can bake it. Uh, mm, you can put it a stick in its mouth, wrap some, you know. Uh, so I usually, whenever we take people out fishing on the chandelier, I'll take them out and yeah, you just like a hot dog. You, you yeah. know, stick the grayling on there and then you just, you know, to make, to make it look cool, you go grab a couple of little willow little branches and you mm-hmm. tie them around there. So it's like a hot, you know, to keep the fish from falling apart. Yo, oh, you, right. just, you just roast it right. right on the fire. Mm-hmm. So yeah. Yeah, there yeah. you go. When we're doing it a lot, I'll, I'll clean a piece of bailing wire uh, real good. And yeah. And I'll reuse that same bailing wire over and over on the fish. Uh. There you oh, go. But yeah. yeah, so mostly it's all right on the fire. Mm-hmm. So not the uh, scale still on it. And so when it's done cooking, you just take the scales and everything, the skin just comes right off and you can just, just, just take a fork on uh, just just flake nice. it right off. That's, so yeah, grayling yeah. is a, yeah. Yeah. It's a, it's a steep. Uh-huh. Yeah. Good <laughs> And this year was kind of a hard one too because our water level was higher all summer than it has been probably as long as I can remember. Yeah, there was a lot of flooding up north yeah. too. Yeah. It was a, a lot of we, rain. We put in some nets and thank God they didn't get washed away. Like mm. four feet, like the chandelier is a weird one because the water can raise, you know, four feet overnight. Yep. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Where your net was could be where your net's not anymore. <laughs> Wow. The next day, <laughs> or you're you know, like leaned over the front of the boat underwater, untying it. Yeah. So when you tie it. You better make sure that you tie it like you know good enough that you can pull it apart. Pull yeah. that knot apart. Yeah. <laughs> right. How do you anchor the nets in the river? Uh, you'll take a sack at the end, uh, fill it with rocks. Some people will take like an old engine block. Okay. Uh, okay. Mm. Yeah, cinder block, anything like that. A piece of old you know concrete that has a piece of rebar sticking mm-hmm. out of it. Yeah. <laughs> right. Or, or I remember as a kid. Uh, We'd be driving and you see like a bike frame at the bottom at the end of the end of the fishnet. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Just to anchor it off. But yeah, it's yeah, fishing is a whole whole thing up there. I grew up doing the nets set nets in the uh in the ocean. Southeast. Oh, right. Southeast. Mm. And we oh, go nice. down there and do that. And we'll, we tried the the sacks with like sand in them at first and like you get twenty foot tides down there. Oh man, that's gonna So you actually go out on the flats, you walk out on the flats, set your nets. Oh. The water comes in. There's 20 feet of water on top of the flats. Holy cow. And then wow. That's awesome. And then you go pick the net, you know, in the last several feet of water when you've got just enough room oh, to float the just, boat. Oh, nice. And so you'll pick the net that way, and then you can pull in the net awesome. before it gets covered in mud, right? Gotcha. Yeah, that's really cool, though. But w- with the sacks, like, we, you just, like, the net would get ripped out if there was a rough, rough tide. So we ended up, we put anchor. These anchors oh. you can drive down in the mud. Oh, nice. Mm. Yeah. Well, if you can walk out there and say you're right. Net, yeah, exactly. You can exactly. Right. You probably don't have that option up yeah, there. Yeah. It's a uh, loose gravel under there. Oh, yeah. So okay. if, if your stake gets covered in water, you better drive another stake above it because gotcha. as soon as that stake is in water, gravel that's mm-hmm. got water in it, it just, it'll break loose. So yeah, you're just setting off the shore then. Yeah. Off of gravel bars, off the tips yeah. of gravel bars, mm, and yeah. off of banks and mm-hmm. backs loose and stuff like that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. My dad, so they opened up dog salmon fishing this year for the first time in a year or two. Okay. And so my dad was fishing down there and yeah, we had grizzly bears pulling the nets out, checking really? it. Really? Oh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. Fishing they, trip turns into a grizzly yeah, hunt. Yeah. So <laughs> I, I got, I got one video. I got a, I still have to edit together when the river was freezing, checking my dad's fish net. And yeah, one net was just pulled up 
pulled up on the bank. So wow. Wow. I actually forgot to tell you that, that we ended up shooting one of those grizz down by the river too. Did you? So, yeah, yeah. With my 450. Yeah. So really? my 450 Bushmaster. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> nice. yeah. I put that little grizz down. No problem. Nice. So, yeah, nice. That was, that was a pretty cool one. Yeah. I actually, I picked up uh, an AR upper in one of those. Oh, right. So on. yeah, I was yeah, thinking taking, about taking it into the bait this year. <laughs> yeah. Taking yeah, caribou, couple of our grizzly bear, a couple black bears with that 450. So yeah, it's a nice. Yeah, I mean, you're not lobbing around in 200 yards away. Right. But, yeah. <laughs> yeah. but most of the time we're shooting bears, like you're walking up to it in the brush. Uh, right. It. So, right. I mean, that, that, that looks fine. Yeah. And it passed right through that grizz at what, like 30 yards? So, oh, I mean, nice. Yeah, it passed through from front to back, neck through. And out the are, back, you, are you so. using the AR-15 version or do you have the, the Ruger bolt action? No, it's the AR-15 AR-15, version, AR-15. Yeah. nice. Yeah. I yeah. had one with a binary trigger one time and <laughs> the, the, the first round went off fine. The second one went pop up. <laughs> and I was like, oh yeah, I switched it out. <laughs> Just the recoil, uh, thumb hit the hit the oh, safety yeah, and yeah. it on the binary. <laughs> so the second the second shot as the barrel's running away went pop up. <laughs> hey. But yeah, that, that's a good size. It's a good size round. Oh uh, yeah, I, I like that round. And most of the bullets that we use up are most probably the the most used rifle up there is an AR-15 and two twenty-three. Yeah. Really? So I, I use like a Barnes Vortex. Okay. Yeah, five grain. Yeah. yeah. And it, it, most bears I've shot with it, I've never even found a round in it. They just pass right through. Yeah. Just, yeah. Right. Just solid round. Yep. And so yep. I've, I've gotten a few different, uh, black bear hearts, uh, with the bullet hole, you know, blown right through it. Oh, nice. <laughs> that I'll stick in the freezer to show people when they come by. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there <you> go. <laughs> yeah. It's a, it's a good round. Perfect. Yeah, perfect. Some people, I don't know. I guess the the less you shoot, the bigger bullet you shoot, I guess. And You're I understand right. that too. Huh? <laughs> yeah. So I had someone ask me about that. I said, why are you such a small round? And they, they explained it to me that if you shot your rifle at something once or twice a year, mm-hmm. you probably shoot with the biggest bullet you could. F- yeah. You're not going to get another chance again. Huh? Yep. So you better shoot with a round that will do it in one shot. Right. And yeah. So it's, but it's um, a, yeah. I mean, there's a lot of range, a lot has to do with, you know, range too. Yeah. If you're hunting area, you got two, 300 yard shots, which you're probably going to take. AR-15 is going to be. Yeah. No yeah. problem. Right. Yeah. yeah. So I think, yeah, even like up there in the flats is a lot of like 200 yard shots. Really? Mostly, mm-hmm. Most of the time within about that range. I think we, I shot one, the furthest was about oh, right under 400 yards, I think. Okay. And that was like, this is the only moose we've seen. <laughs> he gets away. Right. We're n- probably not going to see it snowing. Yeah. <laughs> like if we, if this moose walks uh, like, you know, across the gravel bar into the brush, we'll never see him again. So yeah, yeah lobbed it in and a seven millimeter took him. He's standing there as we walk up to him. And so, yeah, yeah, it was, yeah, it was good though. Yeah. No, yeah, I definitely, I definitely agree that it, that is a component of, of shooting a bigger round is, yep. is yeah that might be the only bear i see or that might be the only moose yeah, only i see opportunity and, yeah. Every, yeah, you get all year yeah. you're gonna yeah. shoot yep. i've, I've got. only got this weekend i gotta gotta make sure he goes down quick <laughs> yeah the uh the bull moose i shot this this fall was about 80 yards off a off of a uh, cliff or off of a kind of a bluff Mm-hmm. Uh, just not even very far up, just a little ways off the bluff. You'll, uh, I'll have the video out in here another week or two. Oh, perfect. But uh, yeah, I hit him in the neck with a 30-odd six, 180 grain. Wow, Brown yeah. Us, uh, yeah. Four lock. There you go. <laughs> yeah, hit him in the neck. He spun around, hit him on the other side. And yeah, his entire internal organ part, everything, we harvested, you know, mm. all the stuff out from inside him. It was really, really good. Perfect, perfect, yeah. yeah. <clears throat> you know, it- we kind of, we kind of got off track on the on the year <laughs> we year long subsistence. Hey, no, so, it's all good. So, no, it's all we, good. <laughs> it's good though because we we jumped from we jumped from fishing to moose hunting. Okay. So in yeah. in the meantime, there's caribou in the mountains. So up in Arctic Village. So mm-hmm. that's where I went this in August. Okay. I went caribou hunting. So 
So it goes, yeah, fishing. So everything in seasons happens. My people before schools, before villages, was moving. Our people were always moving. Right, from camp right. To camp. Like every camp had a different purpose. They went down to the, towards the Yukon for actual, the village was even called fish camp. It was actually called fish camp because that's what they did there. Oh, really? Yeah. And then they would move like Vini ties where they planted potatoes and had meetings. And, you know, it was like a base camp where the school was. And then they had camps up in the mountains for caribou. Mm-hmm. And right. it was just, it was, yeah. And then by the lakes during the spring for ducks and for muskrat, mm-hmm. all the camps like we moved through. So even still today, we still do that. It's just, they're shorter trips. Right. Yeah. yeah. Right. So it's a shorter <laughs> trip down to the fish camp. It's a shorter trip up in the mountains to hunt moose. It's a yeah. shorter trip up to Arctic to hunt caribou. That was around like that. around statehood when they they kind of started making more of the the stable like the single area kind of set up yeah, around the fifties late late sixties yeah, yeah so yeah I think forties uh, I think it started forties okay, yeah so with schools came the push for you need your, your kids need to be in school right so before that the villages were broken apart and all over the place mm-hmm. and the reason it was that is if you stay in one place you starve right yeah so you, yeah. you you're, you're gonna be you're gonna be eating ground squirrel for every meal if you stay in one place <laughs> right until there's no more ground <laughs> right. squirrels to eat right so yep. yeah like, along with schools came part of a death of some of that culture of the traveling right so yeah. some people like i don't know it's kind of hard to explain because some people you'll see how happy they are when they move to these different camps and they get like they don't even realize that they're carrying on that tradition of moving and hunting and, you know, yeah. harvesting and gathering mm-hmm. and picking berries and like all this different stuff. Uh, but yeah, but just, yeah. A, you know, 100 and, 120 years ago or something, or yeah, 100 years ago, yeah, my grandma was walking from village to village. Yeah. yeah so it's, yep. it's pretty cool to have that kind of history. Wow. Absolutely. Yeah. So, so we so, hit caribou, caribou in August, okay. moose in September, back in, back way before I was born. Moose was hunted up into October. Okay, yeah. So they would they would they would shoot a moose, cache it, and so they'd build a really specific like we would build these. Uh, I I haven't done it. So I want to do it someday. Mm. But uh, they they kill a moose and it was frozen. They could walk across creeks and stuff. And so they'd build it in a very specific way. They cache it up in a. They had yeah. special ways to you know wrap the skin mm-hmm. with a certain amount of this and that just to make sure animals couldn't get through it. Mm. And then by dog team when. Food was running out in the villages. They would go by dog team to go pick up those caches of meat. Right on. So it's like, it's, it's just, uh, uh, yeah. I mean, you live in a cool. freezer, so. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So then by that time, uh, yeah, caribou sometimes pass down. And if they winter under the mountains there, you can go up with four-wheelers and hunt caribou. Okay. So that's what I did in last year in 2022. You'll see one where my daughter shoots a caribou. Yep. Because, yeah, they wintered under the mountain there gotcha. this, that year. Yeah. And they haven't made it there yet. We're kind of hoping they do, mm-hmm. but it's kind of hit or miss. If we don't have caribou, the wolf trapping is a little better. Okay, because they're a little more desperate for food. Right, right. <laughs> so it's a, a give and hungrier. take with that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So then, yeah, we'll move to go hunt too. So it takes a, yeah, it's a little ways to where caribou will be probably this winter. Okay. But, mm-hmm. Yeah. But you never know. They move a massive area really quick. So do you, you do like an early and a late season caribou hunt? Yeah. Okay. Kind of. Yeah. yeah. Yep. And then caribou in the wintertime comes springtime. Another, another one there. Yeah. So a lot of the caribou gets turned into dry meat. So I yeah. did that in my last video. It turned it into, yeah, it turned some into dry meat. Oh, awesome. But yeah. That's, yeah. A, that's a good way to do it. That was kind of the traditional way. Like there's no... Especially when you didn't have a way to freeze mm-hmm. anything, you dry it. Yeah, you put it on smoke. It's summertime, you put it on smoke and you dry it. Yeah, absolutely. So a, yeah, carry yep. that on, and it's like candy. Yeah, you can the way you can get into eating a bag of chips or popcorn. You can do the same thing with dry meat. It's just 
Yeah. Oh man, <laughs> ate too yeah. much. <laughs> like, that snack turned into a meal. Uh, now I don't have any dry meat. I better go make some more. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Sitt, sitting there reading a book and just munching down, not yeah. even realize. And then, yeah. and then once moose hunting is done, uh kind of preparation in the village. You're getting wood for the house. You're getting everything. Right. Getting your everything pinned up around your house for freeze. Everything freezing up and preparing for trapping. Mm. So trapping back in the day started earlier than most people do now. I'll usually start right after Christmas time because by then, uh, lynx is perfect usually. Yeah. Right around right. then. Wolf, wolverine, all that kind of stuff is all primed mm-hmm. by then. Right. You could probably start way earlier. I, I want to every year. <laughs> I want to, yeah, as soon as <laughs> right. that season opens, I, I want to be out trapping and stuff, but there's always something that comes up. So usually my season starts right around Christmas. So usually mm-hmm. like the day after Christmas, I'll have my first check. And so it's always nice. So that's like a Christmas present. <laughs> like there you go. Come around yeah. the corner and it's like, oh yeah. And it's always nice to see that Wolverine, that first Cheka. Yeah. And it's like, yes. <laughs> so I've been, I've been blessed big time. Yeah. I've, awesome. Uh, put in the work and yeah, it's been, I've been definitely blessed. Perfect. And perfect. So, yeah. It's uh, nice to, when getting on video too, like having something to show. <laughs> you're right. Yeah. <laughs> so you're putting all this work and filming and having a, you know, a heck of a time trying to film with a GoPro that will run for all of five, six minutes in the cold when it's Yo. like 50 below, it ain't running for more than five really? minutes. No. If it's out of your jacket for like two, three minutes, it's dead. Yeah. It's going to freeze. Yeah, uh, that battery so, just can't hold up. So my wife uh, sewed me a pouch that sits in, inside, like on my chest, underneath my parka, Carhartt's uh, sweater, something like a flannel like this, mm-hmm. and like underneath there. Mm. And then I just kind of stick the... Stick like the stick that I hold to like, you know, yeah, <laughs> a you yeah. cheap tripod. It's just kind of inside here. So I just reach in like underneath my gear and I can pull it out there and I'll go, film yeah. a little clip here and there. Mostly, most of it, like if you watch that trapping stuff, it's within just like 20 seconds probably. Yeah. Unless I'm talking about something I've caught or trying to explain a set right. and stuff like that, which is kind of hard to do. It'll be easier if I do more of that when it's warmer, but. Yeah, usually I'm out there setting traps at 50, 60 below. Like, yeah. I wish I was smart and I did that when it was, you know, 30 below mm-hmm. in beginning of December would be a lot easier. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I, I don't think I do stuff easy sometimes. <laughs> it, yeah. If you, can, if you can go out there trapping, do it. Uh, like up there, everything's moving. It gets cold. Everything right. is moving nonstop. Mm-hmm. Some people say, you trap at 50 below, nothing's moving. I'm like, everything is moving. This yeah. is starvation country. Yeah. Everything is always moving. There's right. nothing that's it's always sitting. looking around. Yeah. It only, the only <laughs> thing is that it's still are what squirrels. So, yeah. <laughs> and they're not, they're just running around too. So <laughs> they're right. trying to find that stash they hid. <laughs> There's that one video you, you posted. I was watching the other day and uh, you were feeding the squirrels. <laughs> oh <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, everything eats meat. Yeah. Yeah. Everything yeah. eats meat out there. Yeah. Tossing <laughs> a little, 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 Little dried meat there. Yeah, <laughs> I've had moose uh, tear into sets. Uh, I don't know. Uh, the meat's not there anymore, so maybe they ate it. Wow, like, yeah. Yeah, wow. like rabbits uh, eat each other. Oh, yeah, yeah they will. So I, 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 had, I took some flack because I would tell people, like, I pull up to a set. Obviously, it was rabbit that got caught. There's one foot in the trap. Right. And not a piece of fur, anything, and it's all rabbit tracks. Mm-hmm. I'm like, rabbits are eating each other. Oh, yeah. And people are like, no, they don't do that. And then a couple of years ago, my wife was watching something online and goes, you were right. And I was yeah. like, I knew it. Huh? <laughs> yeah. I was like, Billy wow. over here is screaming. We got to cut well, that out. Huh? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, this, is for, this is for the herd. <laughs> well, <laughs> take them out. <laughs> well, and that's uh, just, rabbits are ruthless, man. Um, so I used to raise, I, I come from more of an agricultural background, right? Oh, right so, um, and when I was first up here in Alaska, I I was kind of running like a little, little farmstead kind of thing. And we would raise rabbits for meat. So we had oh, nice. several different breeding trios and you would, you would breed them at certain times with certain different males and females and whatnot to keep, keep the, the genetic, genetics right. 
And we learned early on, you had to be careful letting the dogs go around the rabbit pens hmm. because you would get a, a litter of kits and they, you know, they're kind of like other animals when they pop out, they don't have, their eyes aren't open they can't really move around very much. And if you let the dogs go in there near the rabbits, the, the mothers would actually eat their own young because oh, really? in, in the wild, that's a practice that they'll do if they, if they feel like their, their den is, is, hmm. you know, compromised, you know, yeah. there, there's predators around that don't want, want babies making noise. I mean, they're, they'll, uh, they'll straight up yep. eat their own. Young. It, they are ruthless. Bears ruthless will eat each creatures. other. Lynx is a, is a bad one. Like if, yeah. if I'm trapping lynx and trapping hard. If I have snares set out, I'll put a trap nearby because you catch a lynx in a snare and it's not 50 below. If 50 below, a lynx gets caught in a snare. The next day, he's frozen. Another mm -hmm. lynx might chew on him a little bit, but he'll give up. Really? But if it's warm, if you have a snare pen out there, just go stick it, like, you know, just a trap set right there at the corner. There's a little bit of caster on it. Like, mm. if, there, if one gets caught in that snare and someone comes along and eats it, at least you'll catch him too. <laughs> and they actually, the young, the, really? young, the young ones will get eaten by the mother too. Yeah, yeah, all yeah. the time. Uh, same thing with bears. Bears will do that to yep, each other. They will. So yeah, it's yeah, a survival a of the fittest. Uh. Dog eat dog world. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Literally, cat eat cat. cat. <laughs> yeah, bear eat bear. <laughs> Go on and on. <laughs> Thank God, moose don't eat each other. We really be, we'd be really in trouble there. You know, you know what's funny about about the moose thing is, uh, do you trap very much with, uh, say, like, do you take like say the moose lungs and use those for trapping bait for say wolves? Yeah. So any. Any bloodshot meat, any unusable parts of uh, animals. A lot of people actually give them to me. Mm -hmm. So if someone says like, oh, hey, I found this bag or whatever. Uh, it's freezer burned. You want it? I'm like, oh, yeah. You're right. Because like yeah. the, best, the best trapping bait. Because I used to take time and make bait stink. Yeah. I'd get meat and I'd sour it a little bit or fish. And I could just spend so much time putting in totes and making sure it stunk and all that. And with wolf and wolverine, fresh meat. Yeah. Red meat, no smell on it. I mean, they you'll get more Wolverine on just straight, at least where I'm at. I guess it's always different because people tell yeah, me, yeah. oh, it doesn't work this way where I'm at and stuff. And mm. you get that red meat out under, like behind mm -hmm. a 330 and a Wolverine's going to come stick his head in there. Really? Right if it on. stinks, if there's fish, if you use fish somewhere not near the river, they'll just pass by. They're like, that's yeah. not right. Yeah. That's right. not going to work. Like, there's no fish here. Yeah, <laughs> they get, get smart a little bit. Yeah. yeah. Even ducks near lakes. It's like, yeah, it's yeah. like, how does the animal think that the duck is like, you know, I've used that for bait before. Right? It's like, yeah, animals like come by and it's like, yeah, you have it a couple miles from the lake and they come by and you just see like tracks just continue on. It's like, yeah. you know, part of Yo. the duck carcass there, duck guts, like, you know, a pile. Right. Like, nope. <laughs> no, thank you. Say with the, with the moose, um, with the moose guts, you know, trapping, say with moose guts or whatever you're, you're using there. Uh, one thing, at least we've noticed around here, you know, talking to trappers and I grew up trapping with my dad. And uh, when you have a, like I say, a wolf set or wolverine set with moose, you're a lot more likely to get catch a moose in, in a snare on that kind of set than you are on a caribou set. Like moose only go to, oh, really? you only catch moose, unless you catch a moose in a random snare, right? right. Yeah, which yeah, in, in, the, incidental most catch. Of, most of the ones I've seen that tore on my sets were uh, cows with calves. Really? Oh, I don't know yeah. why. But, uh, but so some of, the, some of the moose, so what I do with my line too is I'll have, I don't have huge bait stations. Mm -hmm. So what I'll do is I'll kind of seed my line. So if you watch the videos, I'll actually, I'll have some areas that I bait, you know, a decent amount every single time mm -hmm. or every 3.30. When I pass that 3.30, I'm throwing another chunk of meat, just a, even a little small piece mm -hmm. in there every time just to continue right. that raw, like that red meat smell. Freshen, they freshen want. it up. Yeah, to freshen yeah. it up. Or I'll just throw it nearby as I pass. Yeah. But I'll actually drive down the trail while throwing it in certain areas. So they'll start digging 
like as animals dig down and kind of make their own set locations. Uh, so that, then I trap, then I set a trap on it. That works great for fox. Because mm-hmm. fox up there are really, really wary too. But if you have a spot where, or you bury, what I'll do is I'll, even just a small piece of bait, I'll dig a hole down through the snow mm-hmm. and then chop into the ground and then throw just a couple of, you know, not very much, you know, just like maybe like you know, <laughs> half a pound of like, you know, whatever kind of meat it is and just kind of pound that into that hole and then cover it up with the dirt, pound that mm-hmm. flat and then just shovel snow on top of it and they'll mm-hmm. make their own set locations. Uh, kind of yeah. like dirt hole sets down in the South, what I've seen on TV yeah. or on YouTube, but similar to that, also like a pile okay. of snow where they're digging and then yep, put a trap right on top of that. And yeah, it awesome. works pretty good. Let's take a really quick break and I want to okay. hear about how your season went. Hammer Bullets produces what we at the Northern Hunter consider to be the most premium and best working monolithic bullets on the market today. These bullets are easy to load, extremely accurate, and best of all, they're always in stock and ready to ship. The guys at Hammer designed them so that after penetrating the hide of an animal, it sheds its petals, initiating a massive energy dump while retaining the rear shank for maximum penetration. These bullets are built with 100% focus on how they perform on game, and their proprietary designs produce great BCs with specialized pressure grooves for amazing inherent accuracy and speed. They have a minimum expansion velocity of 1,800 feet per second, which allows for long-range shots, but with no maximum velocity, making them perfect for every cartridge from your granddaddy's old 3030 to the high-velocity round like the Weatherby 3378 without having to worry about your bullet failing. To view their expansive selection and find the perfect match for your hunting needs, go to hammerbullets.com and use discount code THENORTHERNHUNTER to drop the hammer on your next adventure. All right, so, so you've given a, a good breakdown of, of the, the world you live in and, and, the, and the lifestyle up there and, and the cycle of, of subsistence living. I want to hear how your season went, though. You've got a lot of cool videos up on YouTube right now yeah. about, about your hunts and things like that. How, how did you do this last year, so, 2023? 2023? So, yeah, trapping started off whew, like almost two weeks later than normal. Yeah, yeah. yeah you so were telling me about in, that. Almost in the middle of uh, January when I started actually catching stuff. So, yeah, more than two weeks late. Wow. But, yeah, it, uh, it caught up quick. Mm-hmm. So, caught a few links right off the bat. Uh, I think my second episode, I lost the video. Oh no! Yeah, they the, <laughs> got corrupted or something. Really? Yeah, but it, but by the time I'd filmed the third episode, I don't think I had that much time lapse between those ones. Okay, yeah. And so I like <laughs> I'm like starting off the episode and it's like, oh, here's the links I caught last week on the video that is gone now that doesn't <laughs> exist in the world. <laughs> oh no! Yeah. So uh, yeah, links and then so about the same number. Uh, the area I trap it gets me about six or seven wolverine every year. Okay. Pretty consistently. Wow. So like if I want to catch more, I have to do, I have to go further. Yeah. So anything, if I bump out a little further, maybe I'll tack on another one or something like that. But I'm pretty consistent four years now, I think with six or seven. Nice. That's pretty so, good yeah, turnout. So, yeah. <laughs> and uh, yeah, it's been perfect though, because the amount of filming I did, the animals I caught, the wolves I caught, the wolverine, the lynx, mm. the couple of marten I caught and stuff like that, it worked out really well. Mm. And so I couldn't ask for a better trapping season for filming. Right. And, yeah. and just for in general. So yeah. yeah, it worked out really well. The very first, the first year I, uh, the 2022 one was a little lighter on the videoing. Okay. Yeah. But this year went really good. So yeah. So I think I got six wolves, six Wolverine, uh, 10 links or something like that. I didn't try to catch them. Mm-hmm. They right. just, they just come and, mm-hmm. and die in my sense. <laughs> yeah. And yeah, and, uh, there's no way I'm releasing anything. Yeah. If I caught it, I'm, it's going to, it's right. going to get skinned. Right. It's going to get put up. Right. But, uh, but yeah, it went, it went great. So good. 
I was able to catch a lot of cool stuff. I was able to catch uh, a wolf and in you know in the trap on video. Oh, a lot of that stuff I can't really show. You know, shooting or dispatching right. and stuff. Like I just don't do it just because I think it's. Uh, I don't know. It, I think or, there's there's a lot of people I would rather not see it. Yeah. So I'll keep it a little. You know. Okay. More PG. Right. Yeah. But I, it, I've noticed that in your videos. Yeah. yeah. But, it, but it's really good though because I have people ask are telling me like oh like. Uh, finally, a trapping channel I can watch with my kid. Huh? You're like you're not cussing all the way through it and stuff. Like, <laughs> right. I'm like, yeah, yeah like this is no. <laughs> and most of that stuff, <laughs> I, like you know, most of the stuff, like I, you know, I've caught and all that. You know, I've done it before, so I mean, you can only be so excited about stuff. But yeah, I'm not going off the wall cussing about something <laughs> I caught. Huh? Right. Right. Yeah, right. It's, it's, uh, I don't <laughs> say it's normal, but I mean, yeah, it's yeah. doing this long enough that it's you know normalized. But yeah, it went really good. We got. Yeah, I didn't catch an otter this year. Uh, it's been a couple of years since I caught one, but I did try pretty good did you? <laughs> in some otter slides. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Pretty far back away from rivers and stuff. But, uh, but yeah, it went really well. The amount of uh, video I got, the amount of interaction with the people out there, a lot of people from all over the world, you know, mm. New Zealand and right, all yeah. over the East, a lot of East coast, a lot okay. of people on the East coast yeah. watching and everybody just loves Alaska stuff. Yeah. So yeah. just by slapping Alaska on the front of my YouTube videos, <laughs> right, right. it just right. blew it up too. So yeah, it was it was a pretty awesome one. I had a lot of had a lot of fun. Uh, editing is a hard is a hard one. Mm, so especially if you have if you have B roll or too much kind of mm -hmm. filming done, especially driving, because I don't want to put too much. Right. I don't want to kind of have those channels where all I'm doing is driving. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. Which is cool. Like I like those. Some, I like it's those. It's kind of more realistic. Too. Though. Yeah. <laughs> and so some people are like your videos are boring. Like you're not, not enough action. I'm like. It's real life. Do you want do you want me to put the whole like twelve hour day on there? It's not gonna, you're not right. gonna have right. any action yeah, going on. Right. But that's just trapping though. Yeah. But yeah, it, it worked out really well though. I've been blessed with a lot of a lot of support, a lot of people that enjoy watching what I do and enjoy the and just the interaction with them. It's been really nice. Awesome, yeah. Yeah. So the this year was the first year I really kept anything. So I was able to keep okay. some wolverine and stuff. And some of the wolves weren't going to sell like certain animals just don't, if they're too young or too mm -hmm. beat up, right. the, the, uh, the, the, the woods is a rough place for an animal. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They, they get tore up. Yeah. They tear each other up. I've gotten wolverine that are full of, full of porcupine quills and full of, oh, no mm, I caught one wolverine uh -huh. like two years ago. It looked like someone had shot him half a dozen times with a 22. But uh, what I'm guessing is that a wolf had got on him. And started oh, biting him because yeah. he had holes all up inside of his uh, rib cage, like into his like like wow. all really? into the cavity in there. I'm like, what in the world? Wow! And, and you can see like the ones that had really been damaged because their their back legs are the ones that are chewed up. So like a wolf or another wolverine got mm -hmm. hold of them when they were younger and just shook them. <laughs> Man, it's all just scarred up. Yo. Yeah, and then some of them I found that have like uh, two, three inch long like jagged scars across their bellies or backs, mm -hmm. where something had wow. opened them up. Uh, yeah. Or, uh, it's amazing what animals can survive oh, and man, just keep going. Like, yeah, golly. a friend of mine, uh, an older guy in Vini Thai, a guy I learned a lot from, he caught a wolverine the other year and it just had a bone sticking out one foot. It just, just a bone sticking wow. out. And he said that wolverine was fat. Nothing wrong with it. Really? Completely just, <laughs> so, just kept so on some living. of the roughest, roughest wolverine and wolves I've ever caught were the, like the best, like fat content <laughs> of the animal was like amazing. Huh? So you, really? got this, you got this wolf or wolverine that just looks completely tore up, is missing claws, missing teeth. You know, his one side eye probably didn't work anymore. But and he's, he's just fat. 
He's the it's mean one that know. got the food. Yeah. <laughs> they're just they're just the wily ones. They know where to get, you know, they know how to survive. Right. right? Yeah. yeah. Fighters. It's a, yeah. <laughs> it's it's pretty cool though to and to be able to share that with people on the outside has been awesome too. Mm, yeah. So absolutely. And uh yeah, uh, this next season's gonna be pretty good. Uh I'm gonna do a lot more trapping, a lot of different species. Mm-hmm. So not like last year was like wolf and wolverine trapping, because that's really what I was trying to hit. Right. But this year, uh yeah, there's gonna be probably more fox trapping. I'd like to do that in December, probably. Okay. So the fox that I usually catch, like get caught in snares and stuff. And later in the year, they're usually not that great a shape. Fox kind of, their pelts yeah. kind of burn out like by February, March. Yeah, they're pretty rough. I've heard they have a real short prime cycle. Yeah. Like. So you catch them in. So my very first fox, I caught it in a, I caught it in a rabbit snare, made a picture wire. <laughs> yeah. And I must've been, I don't know, eight or something like that. Really? It was like one of the first times that I'd went out checking my rabbit line that left, led away from my house out of town mm-hmm. without like a mm-hmm. couple of my older buddies. I like the like, two, three year older buddies that kind of took me out. Like after my dad helped me set it and they come yeah. out with me. And I think, yeah, it might've been one of the very first times I checked my line because I came around the corner yeah. and there was a fox looking back at me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I thought that was so cool. I'd run back to the house and get the 22. Yeah. Because I was even at that age, like, you know, like it was too cold really to even bring the 22 with. You're right. Yeah. You just walk up, you just, you just bop the rabbit and then you just mm-hmm. pull on their heart and kill them or step on them. Yeah. But yeah, that was pretty cool. And that was that year I also, I caught and I shot another fox outside my parents' house. And the coolest thing is uh, when my grandma had moved away from the village and I moved into her old house. In a garment bag hanging in the back corner of her house, I found two fox pelts, and those were those two fox pelts I'd given her when oh, I was really? like, yeah. that's <laughs> like, awesome. that was like <laughs> probably '96, maybe somewhere around there. Yeah. So yeah, that was like that was a really <laughs> awesome one. Like, says I'm looking at it, I'm like, there's a cross fox and a red fox in here. Like, what? I know that. <laughs> like, wow. why would she keep it? And I was like, that's uh, was like my very first two I ever caught, uh, yep. or caught and shot. Uh. But yeah, it's yeah, pretty awesome. Right on. So then you, you said you guys have a, a spring duck season as well. Yeah. Um, how, how'd you guys, did you guys clean up on that one this year? Yeah, we did pretty good. Uh, we were, most everybody was working by then too. So there was no camping out there. Okay. Like that we used to do when we were kids and stuff. <laughs> right. But uh, I took, yeah, I took my daughter out. I took my buddy out. I got both of those on video. So that one, yeah. those, two, those two turned out pretty good. They're, uh, they're both on YouTube. But uh yeah, one with my daughter. She shot pretty good. She had a brand new 20-gauge semi-auto. Okay. And so, yeah, she did pretty good with that. That, yep. was, that was fun to watch. So, <laughs> yeah. And so, yeah, we got got at least, yeah, two two videos that I actually put out of duck hunting. So, yeah. yeah. Those ones turned out, yeah, really nice. Yeah, I see the one here, duck, ducks, dogs, and ATVs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's called, yeah. Yeah. Or actually, that might have been from 2022. Um, This one says 2023 Summer Projects. Oh. Oh yeah, yeah, Part yeah. Two. Oh, okay. Yep. Yeah, that's yeah, that's pretty good. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. We got yeah. We're busy. There's so many different uh, projects going on at the same time, mm-hmm. especially when you're uh, breeding and running and training sled dogs. Yeah. In the meantime, doing all the other stuff. Well, that's another yeah. thing we haven't talked about is yeah, your sled dogs. Yeah. yeah. So we ended up having a couple more. <laughs> On kind of accident, <laughs> but uh, dogs will do that. <laughs> so in uh, two thousand, I want to say two thousand nineteen, two thousand eighteen, uh, my grandmother's brother, we call him in in uh, which in lifestyle like way, like my grandma's grandpa's brothers and sisters are all my grandparents. Okay, so I call him my grandpa, but gotcha. uh, he's been breeding dogs. Oh man, 
I know he stated it started later in life, but still like 30 years probably. Yeah. Yeah. And so we wanted a dog for my daughter. We bought one of his sled dogs off of him. And when COVID came around, yeah, we're like, hey, maybe we need uh, dogs. Like, yeah. maybe, maybe we should have some dogs. Because yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, I always planned on doing it by the time I'm 40. And that was what, three, three years ago? Four, yeah, three years ago. So I was 32 at the mm-hmm. time. And I was like, it came on a little faster with COVID <laughs> and everything. Maybe it'd be good to have another way to get around. Yeah. yeah, yeah and it's like, sure. and it just happened. It worked out mm-hmm. just right. They got, you know, had pups and they're awesome, awesome pups. And that's kind of my, my main stock, the four, those four pups. No, not pups anymore. They're three. Yeah. Going on three years. Yeah. They're just turned okay. three years old. Huh? Yeah. Yeah. And so then we bred one of them with a lead dog that I had bought from a buddy of mine at Fort Yukon that comes from good stock. So yeah, we we've just kind of started our own kennel here from my my daughter's kennel. <laughs> nice. So yeah, it's uh it's pretty cool. Uh, being able to share a lot of that hasn't been too easy because people have some strong feelings about dogs. Yeah, there's varying right. opinions on it. Yeah. When I was a kid, but, everybody had dogs. Right. In the village, I mean, there was probably a dozen teams across town. Easy, like mm-hmm. there's. It seemed like everybody had dogs. Yeah. <laughs> but the cost cost prohibitive is the biggest part. It's yeah. expensive. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I can yeah. imagine. Like a bag of uh, dry dog food and Vini Thai is like a hundred bucks. Wow. For like a 50 pound bag. I just got done buying four 44 pound bags. By the time it makes it to Vini Thai, shipping and the cost here is mm-hmm. like 65, 67 Man. bucks a bag. But that's almost half the price of that same bag of dog food and Vini Thai. Right, yeah. So at the store there. So yeah, it's a, yeah. It's the, dog mushing is pretty fun though. Like dogs, I just love dogs. <laughs> right. Yeah. yeah. I'm not, I'm not a cat person. <laughs> I trap cats. Huh? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. But dogs yeah. are, yeah, dogs are always a lot of fun. So uh, we'll be putting more of that online this winter. Okay, um, cool. Yeah. So I hope people enjoy it. Yeah. I think some will, some won't, but yeah. Yeah. I mean, they, and, can, they can click on the next video. It's not hard. Right. Yeah. Well, yeah. and it's part of the Alaskan life. Yeah. It, right. it really is. You so, know, the more it's, I, it's, the more I can show of our life, yeah, the better. Right. Yeah. So, <laughs> and I, and I hope to do more, uh, kind of round village stuff too. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, and more cultural tools and weapons kind of stuff. Oh, I was awesome. hoping to do more of that this summer, but right. with, with work and, mm-hmm. and, uh, the political side of being, being the chief and stuff at, uh, yeah, it uh, you run out of time pretty quick. Right, yeah. like you said, you're catching you're catching up on the season you just had. Yeah, so yeah you're yeah. burning out of that right. one and heading into the next one. So yeah, but yeah, it's, it's good. Though. Trying to make sure your shoelaces are tied by the time you get there. Yeah, yeah. so yeah, look, yeah, anyone that's out there, look for the yeah the dog mushing stuff this winter. That should be pretty cool. Yeah. So yeah, my well, daughter will be more in that one and more of those videos then too. Perfect, perfect. Well, it looks like even with all that all that work going on, you still made it. Made it out to do some caribou and moose hunting. Yep, yeah. There's a couple of those. You, you, you teased there's a, another moose hunting video coming out. Yep, yeah. Uh, so uh, I spent like an hour. Oh. Sorry, that was my <laughs> my laptop. <laughs> Good song. Wow, James. <laughs> Good song. Yeah. It's your video. <laughs> oh. <laughs> nice. Oh, on the river? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I love the river. <laughs> yeah. I, I started a uh, series on there. I haven't kept up with it very well, but... Uh, I just called it open roam. So it's just like, if you're looking for something where you're just driving or something, that's mm-hmm. what I did. Okay, yeah, cool. So the- it's kind of an easy filler video. I can just put, throw out mm-hmm. of driving and send some music in the background. I've been hit by copyright crap because of oh, that. Oh yeah. So I kind of, I, any videos I come out with now like that, I probably have some, something that I purchased online. So yeah. it's not going to bother me. We'll, right. t- we'll talk after the show. Yeah, for right. sure. We'll, yeah. yeah. <laughs> We'll, we'll get but you. Yeah, uh, yeah. I got the, I worked for an hour and a half. I thought, yeah, about there last night editing. Uh, one moose hunt over two hours of footage. Wow. So yeah, yeah. yeah. 
So yeah, Echo is sick. Uh, it's kind of hard to delete that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I'll work pretty hard on it. I'll try. I'll shoot for Saturday. And if that doesn't work, the next Saturday. I still have a video of doing dog. Uh, not dog, but uh, setting up for trapping mm-hmm. that I haven't dropped yet. Just kind of, yep. if I need to, it's there. So yeah, I'm, I'm going right. to try to drop something every Saturday just to be consistent for the algorithm and stuff. Yeah, that's and all And just important. have it dropping every week yeah. and getting people yeah. used to that. I was doing that for a minute there, having a having something drop and then doing a live stream right after. Oh, cool. So yeah, yeah trying to have more more feedback from people. Yep. So yeah, that's a, that's a lot of fun. So yeah, the Busan went really good though. That was a lot of fun. We drove good. up in the mountains and spent days, a couple of days hiking, calling, glassing, mm. not seeing anything. <laughs> <laughs> Kind of feeling like, oh man, yeah. watching all the tracks going one direction downriver and wondering what the heck is going on. Yeah. yeah. And then 5.30, 5.30 and more, about 9.15, somewhere in there, it's getting dark. I'm coming off of the bluffs and I hear something way in the distance kind of like, was that something or was that, am mm. I hearing something? Yeah. Like, right. Brush thrashing miles away. Yeah. And yeah. it's like, oh man, that's awesome. So I did some cow calling along the way, kind of leading back to where camp is. And, 5.30 in the morning, we're sleeping in the boat and it's an all weld for our 22 foot uh, all weld with a canopy on there. So oh, it's like nice. plastic, uh, you can see through it. So, so it's kind of hard to hear out of it, right. but it's enough to 5.30 in the morning, have me sit up and go, what was that? Uh, yeah. Like that bull is back there beating up bushes, uh, wow. <laughs> just pissed off. That's awesome. So yeah, nice. it, it worked out nice. Yeah. yeah. The sun came up, we, <laughs> we called a bit and yeah, he walked right out where we, I hit him at 80 yards and pulled the boat up within, yeah. 10 feet of it. And awesome. Yeah. So that's, that's going to be a good one. That's an easy pack out. Oh that's man. A- yeah. Beautiful pack out. <laughs> so yeah. Uh, you talked about caribou hunting too. Yeah. We went, uh, so a lot of the traveling we do through the villages is a lot for funerals. It sucks, but that's okay. how it is. We go to one right. village. We don't have a lot of time to spend in other mm-hmm. places. So when it happens, it's usually for that. Right. So we actually got a chance to go to two different weddings, one in Fort Yukon and one in Arctic. So that okay. had perfect timing. The caribou the caribou had started filtering through okay. and yeah, it was a time to harvest some caribou there. So yeah, we yeah. got some and that was a, yeah, that turned out really nice. Those two videos turned out pretty good. Mm. They, yeah, I got them on YouTube. Uh, the second one had a little more butchering than I usually do. Yeah. So I don't really do a whole lot of butchering on my channel. Just a, I don't know, just something I didn't do. But this one has done more and now I've gotten nothing but positive feedback about it. Yeah. Yeah. So, it's a real, yeah. real part cool. of the process. Yeah. And the, and the yeah. video is still carrying on online. So, I mean. Yeah. Yeah. People must <laughs> like it. Huh? Yeah, there, you go. there you go. I still can't show all of it because yeah, people will probably get mad about it. Right. Yeah. But yeah. And then some people I don't understand. Yeah. Mm. They try to say about this and shooting that and stuff. And it's like, yeah. Well, yeah. But then I explain, you know, I'm not going on there being pissed mm-hmm. off at people, but yeah. if someone says something and I have a reason why I did it that way, I'm going to explain it. Right. Mm-hmm. right. And if they don't yeah. like it, then they don't like it. Right. But, and everybody's, but, yeah. but I yeah. try to, I try to be pretty clear and concise about what I did and why I did it. Mm-hmm. So if you see me shoot an extra time, I didn't do it for nothing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. Yeah. I, I did it so I don't have to chase that, you know, yeah, one more shot isn't ethical. Well, one more shot is what it took to kill that caribou quicker. Right. So if you're killing yeah. an animal quicker, then that's the ethical part to me. Exactly. It so, is. Exactly Absolutely. Right. You'll get all yeah. the support from us on that. So that, that was but, a fun one. Uh, driving up into the mountains above Arctic. Arctic is just beautiful. Yeah, it is. I haven't, uh, yeah, that's like, I've only been there three times in my life. And I don't know why, because it's so close. And mm. it's part of our people's land and stuff and the same tribe, but just no time. We hit the river. Everything's downriver. Right. <laughs> yeah. And it's a 140-mile it's trip up into the mountains through some bad, bad rock. Yeah. <laughs> we'll go about 120 miles, no problem. It's easy. And then, yeah, the boulders start popping out. I'm like, yeah, that's, 
this 30 year old or 40 year old all weld will get tore apart. Up oh here. Yeah. yeah. I'm not doing this. Well, yeah. Arctic, <laughs> I'll drive Arctic, someone else's boat. Arctic's pretty high up there on, in, on the river system. Yeah. So, yeah, so 1600 shallow. feet. We went up and shot a moose up there and yeah, we climbed, geez, at least 1600 feet, probably sliding down. When you're coming down out of the mountains, you're sliding. Mm, like you, yeah. feel it, huh? you can feel your, the weight go to your heels because wow. the boat is coming down at such an angle. Wow. It's fun. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but going up, yeah, it's exactly opposite because you're slow. You're pushing, yeah. you know, a couple of drums of gas and climbing. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, it's great. Arctic was a lot of fun, a lot of, a lot of family, a lot of friends up there, and a lot of support. Good. Yeah, yeah, a lot of political support, a lot of just yeah, it's a lot of fun. Yeah, so. and, and you're right, absolutely right. That is a beautiful, mm -hmm. beautiful place. Oh, that's I mean, scenic it's... from mountain to mountain across. Yeah, yeah that sucker is yeah. scenic. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I've never been to the Grand Canyon, but I'd imagine it would look somewhat like that. <laughs> right. You know, you know, and the the one thing I'll say too about about Arctic Village in the village itself is I love the, um, I don't even know what you'd call it, but the stick architecture. You know, mm. there's so many different things all over town. They got that, that mural there in, in, in the main road. Um, and, and it's all just made with lodge poles. Yeah. You know, it's all just tied. It, it looks so, I mean, it's just so genuine, so, you know, and it's yeah. so, so pretty to, to, to build stuff that way. The, di the difference in the altitude, moisture, all that. Mm. Stuff up there just doesn't rot right, the same yeah. way. Like in the flats really? of Initai, there's a cabin that sat there 30 years ago. It's gone. The ground mm -hmm. ate it. The ground ate it back. Right. Yeah. But up there, like there's old campsites and stuff up into the rock mountains, like mm. where there's nothing. Like there's still sticks standing from, you know, right. years ago and stuff like that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's one of my- Petrified wood uh, and stuff that's up there still. That's like, that's awesome. Yeah. Like, pieces of old caribou fencing and stuff that, yep. like that. This is just it's awesome. one of my favorite parts about going up there. I yeah. mean, it's, yeah, really awesome country. Um, so yeah, so if anybody wants to see- those hunts, they can go to your your YouTube channel. Oh yeah, and, uh, enigmatic which in yeah. Yeah, awesome. Yeah. <laughs> come come check out uh, check out our life. It's a it's a fun one. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so one thing I wanted to touch on before we wrap up Monday is, uh, so we've talked a lot about the hunting. Um, go into a bit about the differences in subsistence harvest. You know, what are you taking off the animal that that is kind of specific to the subsistence life and, and things like that. That maybe somebody in Fairbanks or Anchorage that goes out and hunts you know, might think isn't worth taking out of the field that you guys utilize. From, from antler to hoof to yeah. guts to stomach lining. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Just about the entire thing comes back. Yeah. Yeah. Some of the guts will get washed, turned inside out, cleaned. Another reason why we don't shoot a lot of animals in the chest, mm -hmm. you know, in the heart, you know, where everyone, I see these videos on YouTube, like where will you shoot? And I'm like, in the neck. Yeah. Like, oh, that's not good. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, it does yeah, the, does the least heart, damage. That heart for, gets cooked. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah that, heart, that heart goes to an elder. Uh, that kidney, you know, that part of the stomach lining goes to an elder. That bull didn't pass front to back through the chest. Uh, like, I, unless there was no choice, I probably would never shoot something straight on just because I don't want to damage anything right. inside. Yeah. Okay, sure. yeah, but, but, if there, but if that's the shot you got, you got to take it too, though. Right. Absolutely. And you have the round that can do it. But yeah, uh, just about everything, everything gets pulled out. Like, I mean, just about maybe lungs is the only thing that, yeah. you know, and like that can be used as bait yeah. and stuff like mm -hmm. that as well. Yeah. So, I mean, unless you're getting a lot of caribou or something where some parts of the stomach and stuff will be, we left just for, just for birds and stuff. It was hanging out for animals to eat, yeah. but nothing gets wasted. Even the stuff that gets left behind, if there's any, right. yeah, it gets eaten too. Yeah. Right. Uh, yeah. Giving back. Yeah. But yeah. So even like, so the stomach, stomach lining, the, 
the lining that's around the intestine mm. and stuff, all that fat, all those layers of fat. With caribou and with moose, I've heard people say different stuff about moose and caribou fat and all this. Mm. It all gets brought back. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so when I was a kid, there was a lot of people, a lot of elders that would uh, st- uh, would tan moose skin, yeah. caribou skin. There's not as many that do now, but there's a lot of it that gets brought back for other other uses. Mm. So yeah, it's, right. a, it's a lot of fun. It's a lot more work. Yeah. That's yeah. for sure. Yeah. <laughs> Bringing everything, bone, fur, everything, Yo. the whole thing gets brought back. It's a lot, it's a lot more work. <laughs> yeah, it is. I see some videos where there's boning going on and I kind of feel bad. I understand, but like to me, like I'd have a hard time doing that. And I understand where people can't bring it back. There's not mm. possible. Right. Well, it's not right. feasible to bring it back. And a lot of people, yeah. yeah. But I mean, I, well, and a lot of the times when I've seen it, at least, you know, and, and when it, it makes more sense to me is when people are on like fly in hunts. Yeah. Right. Somebody yeah. flew hiking, out with a super cub through, or, yeah. or hiking 25 yeah. miles. Like they and, can't do it. <laughs> right. Yeah. You know, that, that extra. They're not, they're not parking the boat 10 feet from it. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, my, my wife and I, we, we really try to kind of mimic that as much as we can and, and pull as much of the of the resource out as we can. And, yeah. Because um, a lot of that bone goes into soup. Yeah. Exactly. So, yeah. yeah. That's right. great. It turns into broth. Yeah. People make stock out of it and stuff. Or, well, and it's amazing how much you get out of just one, like one vertebrae. Yeah. You know, oh, that's, or, or yeah, one, that's almost dang, yeah, one pot of soup. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. Yeah. It's amazing. Yeah. My yeah. dad will have that slow cooking on there for all day, like all day sitting on the stove. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And it's just, yeah, it's awesome. Yeah. It's yeah. all good stuff. Yeah. yeah. And then, and then the fat, yeah. Keep, mm-hmm. Keeping the fat. Yeah. Um, we, we like to do that kind of keeping the fat with the animal it came with, right? Yeah. That's the, the way I kind of look it at it. It gets bagged is, up with it. Yeah. That's yeah. That, that's, or it gets ground with. That, that's the fat that God intended to go with this meat, right? Yep. That's, that's the way it's it supposed her, to be. It's like, perfect for burger meat. Yeah, yeah exactly. Because yeah. we just so. finally, we just finally got into that because most of it gets turned into fry soup. Mm-hmm. Um, so separate from soup, like boiled meat, stew meat, like pressure cooked meat, like it's all bagged separately, so you know what you're cooking. Yeah. Right now, like we finally got into ground, like. You guys kind of got me into thinking about it. Oh, like, I got to ground some meat. Uh. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's, it's just so much easier. Cook it too, though. It you is. Cook a hamburger helper if you wanted to. Or whatever. Right. whatever, whatever right. Yeah. Want, right. It yeah. makes it easy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and before, uh, before my wife, I just fried everything. Mm-hmm. I lived on fried meat and potatoes. Uh. Hey, that's yeah, not a bad I diet. <laughs> I, didn't, I, didn't have, I don't, didn't have a very uh, varied like meal like horse selection yeah. going on. Right. I, I right. cooked meat and I ate it. There you go. <laughs> That is some true Alaskan. It's opened up a bit now. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I don't have that iron gut to eat that uh, fry meat that's turned into dry meat off the the stove now. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So go into a little bit about the the stomach, the stomach stuff. Because Mm -hmm. so so, um, that's kind of, I don't know if I've seen a lot of people talk about what to do with the stomach, but I've seen like people eat it, people use it for for filtering. what, what what's the process of, of like bringing the stomach back and prepping it? Uh, it so on the spot when it happens, you know, getting all the stomach the acids and stuff. Because if you don't right. do that, it'll sour. Okay, yep. so it'll sour pretty quick if you put it, especially if you put it in a trash bag and mm-hmm. think it's gonna make it home. Like, yeah, that sucker is gonna get right. Yeah, yeah. That stomach acid starts eating it. So yeah, turning it inside out. Uh, part of the intestines, not a lot of the intestines, but a lot of the fat from around the intestines. You just gotta make sure that hey, you don't cut through anything. <laughs> right. When you're, when yeah. You're, when you're cutting it up, you got to make be very, very careful. That knife doesn't right. slip, and you, you piss, you know, the urine or right, fecal matter yeah. gets in there. And stomach—that's another thing. You shoot it in the chest. Some of that stomach, that other stomach inside, is mm-hmm. going to spill out across stuff, and it's going to make it taste different. Mm-hmm. And growing up, like uh, that was kind of the smell because all the elders would cook stomach, uh, like yeah, yeah, the stomach, <laughs> yeah, because they you turn it inside out, wash it, and then they 
dice it up really small and then make soup out of it. Okay. Along yeah. with moose head soup. So mm-hmm. it'd be added to soups uh, and yeah. stuff like that. So that's uh yeah, it's pretty cool. It's almost like yeah. like Alaskan dumpling. Yeah. Like so, Alaskan, uh, like, I don't know what you'd call it. Like. <laughs> so we we're actually gonna uh one of my dad's friends, I call him Uncle, but uh yeah, he was talking about trying to get that on video, uh, exact oh, process. Because awesome. a lot of it, I'm just cleaning it and bringing it home. Mm-hmm. They cook it. Mm-hmm. You know right. I mean? yeah. I, I'm, just, I'm just bringing it back. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> they want it. So, <laughs> so I mean, he, he's talking about making a video sometime this winter about actual preparation of the stomach line, the stomach, the stomach lining and all that. Mm-hmm. So that'll be a pretty cool, like, I hope he lets me film it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that'd be great. <laughs> I mean, great. he probably will. I, so I, I would watch that over and over. Yeah, yeah, so we get a good uh, wintertime moose hunt going. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that'll, that'll probably turn out just awesome. Yeah. So yeah, a lot of, all the way down to like the hooves and stuff from moose. Uh, growing up, you'd see smoke caches with just a bunch of caribou, caribou hooves, mm. uh, moose hooves with a tendon that's connected to it. Mm-hmm. They'd have that t- tendon right here and it's kind of a loop and they would just hang it up. So mm. the hard time comes, you, you boil that hoof. And you boil that hoof for, I mean, you don't boil it for hours, you boil it for like days. <laughs> and it <laughs> right. turns into a gel. Yeah, it comes right. Apart, right. turns into a gel and it will, sus- the broth will sustain you in hard times. So, yeah. Yeah. Right Kinda, on. That's. You just need to, need to have people do that more often. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it, I mean it's, uh, I, it's a hard way to think because we hope that never happens. But growing up, uh, my grandma, great grandma, I was always like, you need to be ready. Right. So yeah. it's not prepping, it's just life. You need to have enough mm-hmm. ammo. Absolutely. You know, fish nets, fish hooks, yeah. just everything that you can possibly have ready. You can never have enough. Right. right? Yeah. And it's not, it's not a crazy way to think or to, to live. That's how it is up here. Mm-hmm. And so if city people look and see like, oh, he bought a, you know, a thousand rounds of this or, you know, piles <laughs> of those traps or, you know, yeah. boxes of fish nets, like, no, that is something that, you know, the plane stopped coming. That's bad. Right. right. And yeah. I, my grandpa, my grandma told me times back in the forties, like during World War II and that happened, the plane stopped coming. Yeah. And stuff like that. So it's like. And then you're out there all by yourself. Yeah. We gotta have, <laughs> we gotta have the tools to, you know, survive. Yeah. And so absolutely. we need to get more into farming, like more potatoes and doing mm-hmm. stuff like that. That's what I need to, we want, we've done that in the past years and year here, year there, like little mm-hmm. small potato gardens and stuff, but we need to get on top of that a little more. So that's a resource that can be tapped Yo. into when needed right <laughs> <laughs> so yeah i got a buddy out in north pole uh he has a channel called southern roots alaskan branches oh okay but yeah he had a huge not huge but like compared to anything vinita a big potato garden and he got like 1700 pounds of potatoes and stuff like nah. just <laughs> awesome out of like this little <laughs> corner this little corner of his property is like <laughs> yeah. pumped out that kind of potatoes i'm like man that's awesome and he uh he actually does uh Raises rabbits too. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Breeds rabbits for meat, meat rabbits and stuff yep. like that. So yeah, it's, uh, it's pretty cool. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's, uh, I might have to, I might have to throw the next, next couple of hooves I, I, I put down in the freezer just in, just yeah. in case, you well, know, just, the, you the, the fall. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. So you just cut, no. cut the bone and just leave that one tendon that's connected to the hooves mm-hmm. and yeah, just go and hang yep. it up somewhere. In the, <laughs> yep. Yeah. Well, so well, no, normally bait too, like animals will chew on it. Wolverine, yeah. Wolverine will, I, will eat anything. I was going to say, I always bring the hooves out, but I, I normally donate them to friends of mine that, that, oh, nice. that hunt or, or that trap and then oh, cool. they'll use them for, for yeah. bait and, and lure and stuff. So it'll be, yeah, they, it always gets utilized. Yeah. Like the, the neck, head like skin like uh that's probably one of the best trapping baits mm. it, i did something about it the fat and the nose right, and all that yeah. like that that piece of skin is even in vini that's like a like a prized piece of trapping bait 
Like, oh, I got yeah. a, I got a, I got a moose head for a moose head skin for you. And it's like, yeah, right. <laughs> that's getting, that's getting hung up in a tree. Yeah. <laughs> Something's going to eat that. Yeah. <laughs> There's going to be a wolverine coming for that. And just out of curiosity, what, what do you guys use hide sport primarily up there? Like when you, you bring the caribou hides back and whatnot, <sighs> is that used for, um, like blankets? So caribou, mm-hmm. caribou mostly now is used for, uh, they turn into like sleep rolls. Okay. Like a bed, yeah. you know, met, like a uh, bedding. Yep. So when you go camping and stuff like the three, the three caribou I harvested this summer or fall, mm-hmm. they all got, uh, I just use like sheet rock screws, screw, stretch it out on the side of the cache and then scrape all the, you know, everything off of it, the membrane, all that, right, it yeah. all, get, any kind of meat fat, it all gets scraped good off. Good fleshing job. Trimmed up, just turned into a bedroll. Yeah. So that's the, <laughs> yeah, that's the biggest, the biggest one. Yeah. Uh, trapping bait is the other one. Mm-hmm. So skin, like you bait their line with skin, the wolverine, just love it. Yeah, yep. they'll eat that for wolves. Wolves go crazy. I've trapped wolves, and the entire stomach is full of hair. Yeah, and that's something that's not even from my trap. Like, like well, they eat yeah. that off of the dead moose somewhere. <laughs> yeah. yeah, like their stomachs are their stomachs are you know they can handle that. They you know getting something out of that. Yeah, right. they wouldn't eat right. it if they weren't getting something from it. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So that's most of the hide stuff. Uh, if someone someone asks for a certain hide, you know, they mm-hmm. say I want this, I want that. There's not a whole lot. There's just not as many people doing that anymore, but right. there's still some out there that will get, you know, get a skin to her. My mom, tan skin, uh, a little slower than she used to just because she's busy working too. Right. But yeah, she's, uh, yeah, she's came to Vinitai in like 82 or something as a school teacher. Mm-hmm. And eight years later, I came out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. But yeah, she learned from my great grandmother. Oh, perfect. So yeah, so yeah, uh, when I was a kid, she'd be outside, you know, scraping away with a bone, like chisel looking thing. Mm-hmm. And yeah, scraping wow. the membrane off of skin and taking it down and sinking it in a puddle for, you know, a few days, bringing it back and scraping. And yeah. It's a, it's a lot of work. I mean, that is backbreaking work, tanning, brain oh, tanning. Yeah. yeah. I mean, any kind of tanning is hard work, but I it mean, is. doing it by hand, like a moose skin, a moose skin is huge. Mm-hmm. You know, like a, like the one on the side of my house, that thing is almost eight by eight by nine, probably. Oh yeah. That's yeah. like, it's huge. Yeah, that's a big one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That one was an extra big one too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, but yeah, so cutting the hair off and turning it, yeah. Tanning it and stuff off. Now, like even some commercial stuff out of Canada costs over three grand yeah. for one tan skin. And like the stuff my wife makes, like uh, they call them Quitra canvas boots that okay. made with moose skin and stuff. Mm-hmm. I mean, that just the, just the skin on those uh, boots. And I've showed it on my YouTube channel last winter. You'll see mm-hmm. on some of those. I show some of the gear I have. But those canvas boots, it doesn't really look like that much fur. But the thing has hundreds of dollars worth of uh, moose skin on it, really. wow, not including yeah. the not including the time it takes to sew it together, the canvas, the hundred dollar Sorel insole in it. Mm-hmm. Like you're looking at like a five hundred dollar pair of boots. So when I show that, <laughs> when I show that pair of, of canvas boots on there, <laughs> yeah. and that's what I trap with most of the winter. Yeah. So I don't want to wear rubber out there on the ground. Right. Yeah. yeah. And bunny boots and stuff. I'll use that for working around town and stuff. But I really don't like using them out in the woods. Oh, they transfer a lot of scent. Yeah, well, see, like, funny thing, too, with rubber is, like, I spray everything of mine down with scent killer stuff. Mm-hmm. So the day before I hit the line, I bring it in, hang it above the stove, spray it all down. Yeah. All my gear, boots, moose skin yeah. boots, all, it all gets sprayed. And it, I have seen that it's working better. Like, mm. wolves will come closer to my sets mm-hmm. and stuff. I'm a little picky on who comes with me sometimes. Not many people want to go. Right. But it's kind of hard, though, too, because every step I take off of that snow machine is deliberate. I right. step right there unless I know why I'm stepping there all the way to my set back if I'm packing the trail. Every mm. step when I step off of that snow machine is thought. Like right. it might yeah. happen automatically, 
But if I, if I sit there and show you exactly where, what I'm doing, you're going to see the pattern behind why I'm doing it, how far each step is apart and why it is and stuff right, like that. Right. But yeah, that, that moose skin, that moose skin gets used all the way to that point. Awesome. So, yeah, awesome. I see it walking out there, walking out there in my videos. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. But as it warms up, it gets harder because yeah, all well, in the end of March when trapping is just about finishing up, it's uh warming up enough that it's starting to melt onto my onto right. the boots and it starts mm-hmm. to freeze and oh, get that right, weird cycle right. where during the day it melts and then by the time you come back, you know, at the end like midnight or something, like yep. it's right. frozen again. Right. Yeah. So and then some snow machines will pump up more heat on one side than the other and like <laughs> there's just so many different things. One thought out boot and <laughs> yeah, one wet boot and one <laughs> yeah. that's just fine. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Especially on yeah. the old uh two strokes uh, that had, you know, air <laughs> air cooled engines. Yeah. So right. yeah, I run a four stroke uh Scandic six hundred ace now for the last geez oh, nice. twenty nineteen. Nice. Oh, I love that machine. It's a yeah, it's a tank. I mean you don't want to flip it over, yeah. <laughs> right? <laughs> but I mean, it's it's so good on gas, and it, it's it's not a mountain climber, but it'll push through anything. Yeah. Right. So yeah, it, it's really good on gas. It's probably it probably burns about the same as like an old Bravo. Okay. Around yeah. there somewhere, mm-hmm. not as good as like so an Elan for people that know these machines. I yeah. guess I don't know <laughs> anyone outside Alaska knows about it, but like an Elan <laughs> at its best, it gets just a little little worse than that on gas. And okay. Elan used to go. You can go quite a ways. It depends on if you let it running. There's a lot of different factors. Right, right. Mm-hmm. But I mean, it's there's a lot that goes on into trapping that's hard to talk about or hard to get into those videos. Right. So, well, little I'm, by I'm, little. I'm excited to continue this conversation, but I think we're going to cut this one and uh, continue on into Thursday. So we're going to pick. I want. I want to pick your brain about some of this, some more of this detailed trapping stuff. Oh yeah, so, that sounds good. I'm sure, man. Well, hey, uh, this has been awesome. I know we got a we got a skedaddle out of here so we're gonna cut this one off here uh but oh, yeah, I, I i gotta say man i really appreciate you coming in and sharing your sharing your your channel with us your culture your your story your 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 life experience so oh yeah it's a pleasure yeah. it's a pleasure being on here for sure yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> no i know you're you're a very busy guy so i appreciate it i appreciate your time um so before we we completely sign off though uh we've talked a lot about your your youtube channel um so uh, tell people exactly where they can go to find all of your content, everything you've talked about, your hunting videos, your trapping videos, all that. Yeah, I'm uh, right now. I'm only on YouTube, so okay. that's Enigmatic Witch Inn. Okay. Uh, anything to do with Vinitai, Alaska, you'll probably bump into some of my episodes about moose hunting, caribou hunting, Perfect. Uh, wolf, wolverine trapping, trapping lynx, uh, river stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot yeah. of time on the river. Yeah, a lot, <laughs> a lot more videos to come. I've only scratched the surface of what we're doing. Yeah, so, yeah, you well, guys are welcome to check out Enigmatic Witch Inn. So <laughs> we'll be there. Well, you know, it's it's a great, uh, it's a great view into Alaskan living. Yeah, and, and I think for anybody who's curious about that, that's great. And, and <laughs> I love that you say uh, you're scratching the surface. And as I'm looking at your channel right now, there's 507 videos available. <laughs> so. <laughs> Plenty of content for people to enjoy yep. uh, if they go there. Um, yeah, go back and yeah, get caught up. It's gonna take a <laughs> right, minute. Right, yeah. <laughs> yep. So, so guys, definitely go go check out his channel and, and uh, subscribe. Make sure you're keeping up with all his videos. It's all great stuff, well put together. Um, I enjoy watching every video you oh, put yeah. out. So you guys have a great podcast, and I'm gonna continue listening to this. Awesome. Yep. Well, yeah, it's now especially that you've been on it. Yeah, and, yep. and I'm excited uh, for for you to come back and share a little bit more of your knowledge on on trapping specifics and. Oh, and, yeah. help, and helping people in there. Um, it's by, great. by that time, I'll have I'll be trapping too. There you so, go. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. All right. I should have some fresh stuff on my mind. Perfect. Yeah. Perfect. Well, hey guys, if you uh, if you like what you're uh, hearing on the podcast here, and you want to support the Northern Hunter, 
Uh, make sure you are subscribing to our show on whatever platform you're listening to it on. Give us a rating. Written reviews go a long way in helping promote the show. So, and you know, it takes two minutes. Five stars is always best. And uh, but you know, if you have a, a negative review, we we like reading those ones too. I mean, feel free to reach out to us. Um, if you want to reach out to us with any questions or even any comments, for that matter, uh, we have two social medias right now. It's uh, Facebook and Instagram. If you search at the Northern Hunter, you'll find us there. Um, and we have our website, thenorthernhunter.com, mm-hmm. where we have a contact button. You can reach us through email uh, on there. Uh, we had some issues back in the day, but they've all been resolved. So everything will get through to us there if you, you want to ask us a question or, or put a comment. Um, if you have any questions pertaining to trapping specifically, I mean, we would feel free to, to reach out to Garrett here and get you some expertise. Yeah. Um, I'll answer anything I can. There you go. <laughs> Uh, and, uh, of course, support always goes a long way uh, in other realms. So if you feel like repping some Northern Hunter merch, we have a shop section of our website at thenorthernhunter.com uh, that has hats, hoodies, T-shirts, and all that. Uh, Mo's wearing a, a hat right now, yep. which is real snazzy. And uh, the partners page is where we've got all of the, the partners, a lot of great companies that have decided they like what we're doing. They want to support us. So some are big, some are small. And if you shop with them, it really helps support them and helps support us. We have all of our discount codes and the amounts and whatnot all listed right there mm-hmm. on the website or in the show notes of the show if you're listening to it. So, um, well, Gary, thank you again one more time for making time for us and coming on and, and sharing your story with us. Oh, so. yeah. I say any time, <laughs> but it'll be a couple of months till the next time. Until so. <laughs> <laughs> you're back in town. So, all right, guys, we will uh, see you on Thursday. And until then, get out there, get after it, and good luck. See you there. Alright folks, we all know that one of the most common mishaps in hunting is damage to your rifle scope. Last year, I found the solution to that problem with the Stealthy Hunter rifle cover. It wraps around your scope and actions securely to protect it from getting knocked off of zero or even severely damaged. Stealthy Hunter also has a glassing pad and a wide variety of supplements for the outdoorsman, such as protein powder, CBD products, turmeric, and gut health supplements. They also make a lightweight trauma kit weighing in at just 14 ounces that includes everything you need and nothing you don't for all of your backcountry medical emergencies. To shop all of their equipment and supplements, go to StealthyHunter.com and enter the discount code at checkout, The Northern Hunter, to save on your order today. All Stealthy Hunter equipment is proudly made in the USA.